0: Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. So much to do today. So much to get in on the programme. Is
1: two and a half hours going to be long enough? Better be, because I'm not doing any longer. And I've got got so many things to tell you about, I don't even know where to begin. So we will tell you that uh, Ali's final resting place has been revealed. Boxer Amir Khan says £100,000 for his daughter's second birthday was worth every penny. Well, it would have to be. He's hardly going to be going afterwards. Well, that was a pile of rubbish, wasn't it? Banksy's gift, a class act. Worst picture I've ever seen. The wheel thief caught... It's, it's always quite funny, actually. Poetic justice. He tries to nick a wheel, and uh, the car moves and it traps his finger. So, that's good news, isn't it? Felt very happy about that. Uh, the MP, Tory MP, in an affair with a blonde aide. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, he says. He got his seat on family values. Pfft, <sighs> hypocrite. And the real reason why a bigger wine glass makes us drink more. Imagine the real reason is you can get more wine in it. Why would that need to be complicated? I mean, it's a bigger wine glass. You put more wine in it. And that's why you, you drink more, isn't it? I'm assuming that's how it works. I don't know. I don't even bother with wine glasses now. I think it's so naff and so 70s. So I use tumblers for wine. And, uh, and because I'm bone idle and I can't be bothered to do washing up, I throw them away afterwards. So I buy 200 tumblers uh, in Costco and I use them as toothbrush mugs. And, and I use them for drinking wine out of, and Prosecco. I never bother about anything, you know, that involves having to wash up, you know, because you'd be constantly washing up glasses. I'm into the throwaway age. I'm very, uh, very keen on that. Uh, also, uh, the middle-aged are looking for sun, sea and sex on holiday. Good Lord above, it's a bit early, I realise. And also, um, the letter to Father Christmas found up a chimney, dated 1925. Isn't that great? They only want a few simple things, some soldiers, some chocolate, a book... Stuff like that. I love it. I love it. Uh, also, the moment a Sea World killer whale tries to beach itself in despair, they say. But I thought they were trained to do this. The, the, the photo doesn't quite explain it properly, because what I'm looking at is a picture of a whale... That they they some, sometimes get them to come out of the water, so you can appreciate the size of them. I mean, I don't agree any more than anybody else does with uh, with whales in captivity, and we've seen a couple of cases where killer whales have killed their, their trainers. They've obviously had enough of it. Uh, olive oil and nuts keeps you slim, and it's no wonder that Brooklyn Beckham's picture was deleted. He's got the worst body of a 17-year-old I've ever seen. Even my body looks better than that. He's got one it's a scrawny old body, when you consider he comes from a fit family. A thin emaciated mother, a fit Father, and then you've got Brooklyn Beckham's bod, dreadful. I mean, seriously, the papers have got to pick up on this one. He's supposed to come from a fit family, but uh, really bad, really bad. Uh, the coffee date in prison for the uh, the lesbian killers of Liam, little Liam. And apparently they will be allowed out of their cells to meet each other. I was thinking terrible thoughts. I really was thinking terrible thoughts. Uh, Ramadan, the longest fast I think in 30 years. It's a long, long time. I don't know how people manage it, but that's faith for you. And uh, as I say, luckily it didn't come into my faith. Thank goodness. Uh, what else have we got today? Well, your texts and emails. Uh, we got some shout-outs to a few people today because I've been busy meeting people. And uh, and people have sent me things, and uh, and we've used them on the programme. But uh, I've got a shout-out in about half an hour, actually, this morning, uh, to somebody who will not be expecting a shout-out. Uh, plus, the uh, the call for Sir Philip Green described yesterday as little better than a crook who should be stripped of his knighthood. It's I mean, it does seem almost unbelievable. 11,000 people are going to lose their jobs. I shouldn't imagine he's going to be top of their Christmas card list any time soon. Another picture of Prince Harry. Uh, this time meeting a girl at a Bruce Springsteen concert. I mean, does he actually do any work, or did he just go around for photo opportunities? You know, he's turning out to be the, the louche of the family, the one who goes out having his drinky poos, meeting all these nice girls, which is lovely, but it's not exactly what he's supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be doing something, you know, quite deep and meaningful. Most of his stuff involves uh, freebies, and that's it. Magic takes the heat away from William, who obviously quite clearly has decided to take a leaf out of anybody else's... Uh, 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 children and the family and not uh, not bother doing too much work at all, apart from flying the helicopter every so often. It's not like a daily thing. Not like a daily thing. The helicopter does not go up every day. Uh, and then the Top Gear show. I can't say I was surprised. Uh, we did think that the first one, uh, the first show, because everybody wanted to see what it was like, was 4.4 million, which is, which is respectable. It was under the 5 million that people wanted, completely under the 5 million. Uh, now it's plummeted, 2.8 million, which means they've lost a third... Uh, which is not good. No matter which way you try and sell this programme, it's what's commonly known as a turkey in the business. It's uh, it's had too much publicity. It's had uh, too much exposure, whereas, in fact, they should have actually kept it all quiet. They played this one completely the wrong way. The reason that they did it was to try and get away from Git. Well, they should have called it something else. That actually would have been my advice. Call it another... Th- I don't know what you call it. call it. Call it anything you like. Bicycles and aeroplanes and motorcars. I couldn't care less. But don't call it Top Gear. Because Top Gear is Jeremy Clarkson and the boys. And that's what people wanted. And this programme is just... It's a, it's a poor imitator. A very poor imitator. Nothing matter with Chris Evans. Nothing to matter with Matt LeBlanc separately. They're both out of their depth on this programme. They don't know what the audience want. That's the trouble. They don't, I noticed that when they were doing the bit in the, sort of the aircraft hangar thing, whereas Clarkson had it packed out, this just didn't look as packed out. In fact, it looked like they were sort of moving the audience around a bit like the Top of the Pops audience. That might be making a comeback, actually. That might be making a comeback. God help us all. Uh, also, the BBC raced route over the ad for the ethnic host. I did this yesterday on the programme. I knew everybody would pick up on it because it was such a good story. The BBC looking for somebody for the one show, uh, but they're looking for somebody ethnic. Um, it's a racist advert because it's looking for something that really, you know, if you'd actually said white middle class, everybody would have been up in arms. This one is looking for an ethnic person. Um, they're, they're, they're looking for an accent as well. but They seem to come up with either Scouse, Mancunian, Scottish, anything like that. Uh, For some reason they seem to think that's what we should have on the BBC. I thought we should have the best presenters, but obviously I'm out on a limb on that one. It doesn't come down to that, it comes down to uh, ethnic diversity, I think that's what they call it, which means basically uh, you have to have all sorts of people there representing everybody, but why would that work? Why would that work? We- I mean, how on earth, you know, does sort of, you know, say a, an Asian weather girl change things for Asian people? They're very successful as they are. They don't just be patronised by somebody who stands there and reads the blooming weather. Like the girl on Channel 5, wasn't it? Who managed to get herself a piece in, was it the Daily Star on Sunday? So that was a bit, bit, uh, bit up market for her. And she's posing in a sort of bikini thing and uh, saying how she does the weather differently, and other people have copied her style. We couldn't quite get our head around a weather girl having a style, as opposed to standing there going and pointing at a piece of blue screen to go, the rain comes in from the north and it's going to move across. What, what would be different about that? Perhaps perhaps she's only just learned to read. I don't know. Whatever it was, I thought it set it back about 300 years. There's nothing too complicated about being a weather girl. You don't need to know anything about it at all. You just read somebody else's scripts. It's like being a newsreader. You don't technically need to know anything about the news. You just need to have the ability to read and put something together. I could put a a news bulletin together and I'm not qualified, I was an NUJ member but uh, I lapsed a few years ago (laughs) many, many years ago I lapsed, but I was a member for about ten years and uh, I could put bulletins together I can write bulletins, you know I know, you know, Kerry Katona would lead the bulletin over, say, somebody from Love Island. So I know things like that. Uh, Ross Clark, the political commentator in The Express today, he says, it's an attempt to look PC. The BBC verges on racism. I mean, to be honest with you, they've got two of the most useless presenters on the one show at the moment. Uh, Poor old Alex Jones. I mean, no matter what they do with her, she just can't present. You know, you can either do it or you can't. And that's why poor Rylan can't do it can't do it. I mean, absolutely. hasn't got the faintest idea how to interview people. Perhaps it's just he thinks calling everybody babe is the answer, which, of course, it isn't. So uh, so that's basically what we're going to be doing on the programme this morning. We'll talk about uh, Muhammad Ali because they've now got um, the place. They've also announced those who are going to be carrying his coffin on the day and those who are going to be giving the speeches as well. Um, Because I'm old enough to remember Ali coming over to this country. And I remember him very well on Michael Parkinson's show, very, very well. He was on there and the audience loved him. Absolutely loved him. Seventy four he'd had he'd had really bad health. They say for the last year, I reckon for the last fifteen years he's had bad health. How much money will he leave? That's the big question. They say he's worth 60 million. I don't think he's worth 60 million. I really don't think he's worth 60 million. But we'll, we'll find that out, I'm sure, as the, as the days go by. One of the magic companies I deal with in America, they've done a tribute to him on the site because he used to go there. But as I pointed out to you, uh, Ali used to have a magical advisor. He used to have somebody with him who would show him magic tricks. And he watched uh, a couple called Petrick and Mia some years ago producing um, balls sort of, uh, clear crystal balls, and he was watching, where do they come from, where are these balls coming from, and he, um, and he sort of, at one point he said, if you don't tell me, I'm going to come up on stage, whoop you, uh, the Beckham picture is very sad, so in other words, it's the Beckhams taking a picture of the Beckhams, and then a picture of poor Brooklyn, who's got his hair in a top knot, he's looking a bit nerdy, I'm afraid, in this picture, they deleted it immediately, um... Uh, David, still slim uh, Brooklyn, worst body ever I mean, seriously, emaciated not not emaciated, he looks like he's going to be a fat boy with a top knot on he looks like he's heading into the Osbournes which somebody has talked about in the paper today they reckon the Aussie Osborne thing was a bit of a publicity stunt I would think actually anything that Ozzy Osbourne does is a publicity stunt. The reason being, he needs to get as much publicity to sell tickets, and he can be the Prince of Darkness. Sadly, he's just a very old man who stumbles around on stage, as he does in real life. Exactly as you say, says Mark, I watched the first episode of Top Gear out of curiosity. Watched ten minutes of the second episode, became bored, turned it off. Yeah, I think that's what people did. And that's, I mean, to lose a third of the audience is quite some going. That is a lot. We knew for the first one, everybody's going to be watching, mainly critics and the television reviewers. They're going to be writing down exactly what the programme was all about. And we're all going to go, yeah, so what was it like? Mm, It was okay. It It wasn't top notch. And it should be for that price. For 650000 an episode, it should be absolutely brilliant. But it wasn't. It didn't turn out to be anything like that. It was just a hodgepodge of uh, of sort of Chris Evans pandering to a crowd who are there because they're on a free ticket. A bit like seals applauding and sheep following each other around. Uh, So the second one, people got wise to. Now, if by the third one... It hasn't pulled its socks up. Uh, they might not go with it again. It seems a terrible waste of money. But the BBC, being a very good waster of your money, they might go with it and go, well, of course, if we persevere, this may be a, be a hit. The answer is, no, it won't. I think it'll settle down to about, you know, two million as an audience, and that'll be about it. I can't see anybody else being remotely interested. Can't see anybody actually wanting to watch it. And you didn't. And you didn't. You just turned off in your droves. I mean, to lose that amount of people... Offer programme is is phenomenal. Good God. I mean, I'd be out of my ear if I lost anything like that in my audience. Luckily, I haven't because I I pay you all and you're all
0: there for four o'clock in the morning. And you're still here at quarter past four. At Breakfast, every weekday morning from seven, only on LBC. On
1: Nick Ferrari at Breakfast, Britain stronger in, say, UK firms will be hit by a £34 billion export tax. If we leave the single market costing investments and jobs, how seriously should we take the claim? Vote Leave publishes a dossier of 50 criminals which the European Court prevented us from deporting, including offenders convicted of murder, rape and drug trafficking. And as MPs debate the Snoopers' Charter, is it a threat to our personal liberty or a way to keep us safe? That's Nick and the team from Seven this morning. After the morning news with Lisa Aziz, a guest uh, today, Stanley Johnson, author, journalist, former Conservative MP and co-chair of Environmentalists for Europe. He's also Boris Johnson's father. It's easier just to say Stanley Johnson, isn't it? And he's coming in to look at the papers for today. <laughs> it's such long winded. Some titles that people uh, people have nowadays. We've got to try and remember everything that they've done. Uh, Steve, I saw a trailer for the Queen's 90th birthday celebrations, which featured Joey Essex. He said, is a queen the same as a king, except she's a girl. Do you think that he's actually playing dumb? No, I didn't. He really is that stupid. And uh, I think he's had his day. I think we're a bit bored with stupid people, thank you very much indeed. What did I see in, the, oh, in one of the uh, the news things today? They were saying, <gasps> Made in Chelsea was rocked because Binky Felsted uh, might have cheated on her boyfriend, and he's finished with her, quite rightly. So, also the other one, that Lucy Watson, who's been round the block about three or four times, and uh, she's finished with her boyfriend as well. Thank God, lucky escape for him, I thought. But and they went. Fans were in tears at the breakup of Binky and her uh, and her boyfriend. Well, I'm afraid I laughed. <laughs> I didn't, didn't see it as anything apart from two stupid, empty-headed vessels trying to make out that they're interesting. Whereas, in fact, then I couldn't care less who Binky Felstead sleeps with. That's her business. But, you know, the moment you put it up on the television, it it demands comment because that's what they're on there for. They're not on there to not make an impact. They're in there to make, you know, you think about something and we think she's an old tart. And so that's why you watch it and then you go, oh, God, it's rubbish, this programme. Made in Chelsea, as I've said a million times before. It's exactly the same as Geordie Shaw, except they speak better. It's still tramps hopping in and out of each other's beds. That's all it is. Love Island's done very well, though. Apparently three, three couples are bonked already. Seriously, it's not bad, is it, really? I mean, if you put a pile of hookers on the island, it couldn't have been quicker. But, uh, but they've managed to sort of get three of them bonking... And, uh, and that's what it comes down to. That's how desperately sad television is at the moment. That's how really, really bad television has become when you get sort of people bonking on Celebrity Love Island or Love Island uh, in a desperate attempt to try and turn themselves around and make people believe that they're a celebrity, which, of course, they're not. Uh, it's Just Criminal, the EU, stopping us deporting 50 killers, rapists and thugs. One of them is uh, Liaco Chindamo, uh, the 15-year-old. Who knifed to death the head teacher Philip Lawrence as he tried to break up a fight? We apparently couldn't get rid of him over human rights. Then we've got a killer uh, called Teresa Rafash, who's a Polish national who killed her husband, slammed by a judge for gratuitous violence. Uh, no uh, policy grounds to justify her deportation. Uh, there's another one, there's a, a drugs person here, Germany. Uh, last year said this man was disproportionate and inconsistent with EU law. Uh, we've got rapists, murderers, paedophiles, and we can do nothing about it. Absolutely nothing at all. It does strike me as being slightly odd and slightly bizarre. I loved the, uh, the line, Ali Ross always comes up with um, comments from various people, uh, which he's noted on the television. This one is Eamon Holmes. Good old fat boy fat is still giving out the uh, the jokes. He says, when I go into Nando's in Walton-on-Thames, I always think there's something missing. Sorry. When I go into Nando's, I always think there's something missing. And uh, and Ali's written, yes, coleslaw, chips, sweet potato wedges, garlic bread, olives, creamy mash, corn on the cob, peri-peri nuts, red peppers, dip, wing roulette, half a chicken, the other half of the chicken, and then there's the main course. That's old Eamon, the man who was described once as having eaten the settee, getting bigger and bigger and whiter haired And I can't—I just realize if he's in Walton-on-Thames, he's dangerously close to me. Dangerously close. I wonder what about vehicle he drives? It'll be—I bet it's a four-by-four. Four. It would have to be, wouldn't it? Really, you never get him into anything else. Not going to be driving a mini, I don't think. Although I did have a mini at one point. Uh, eight four eight five oh Steve at lbc.co.uk. And, uh, apparently Top Gear, says Paul, uh, the Beeb should have had some balls and mixed things up, introduced a new, new format, and hired a team who already had chemistry. They should have hired the team from the Gadget Show. Oh, I never thought about that. The trouble is, I think that it's somebody's company who makes it, isn't it? That That's what I'm... that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. It's... I'm thinking that, anyway. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, that, uh, he... Does he own the company? I can't remember if he owns the company now. I'm a bit, I'm a bit confused actually, about who who owns it. Is the BBC who own it? Whatever it is, it costs an arm and a leg, and it doesn't, uh, doesn't produce an audience, and that's what, that's what happens if you're actually, you know, making television programmes. I've said before, it's like making radio programmes. You're not making it not to get an audience. You're making it to get an audience. If you make a television programme, the whole idea is you want to make it and you want to get an audience because it's up against competition. I, of course, at this time of the morning, have no competition at all. There is no competition. It doesn't matter. Everybody else just trundles along underneath. So I'm fairly happy with that situation. But if you're making television and if it's costing that much money, you're doing it to get an audience. You're not doing it to satisfy anybody's whim. Well, I don't think so. Uh, Jackie's in uh, Kilkenny. I I love the way she says, in Ireland. Like, I would never have known that Kilkenny was in (laughs) Ireland. I love it. I love it. I've never been. I keep meaning to go to Ireland. I've never been there. Never been. I should go, actually. And, uh, Ian says, what's the difference between the Dodo and Top Gear? Answer, at least the Dodo had reasonable ratings before it became extinct. Yes, I mean, I I just don't think you can remake something. I just don't. And especially something that had done so well and everybody liked Jeremy Clarkson. That's all it comes down to. It It doesn't come down to whether you like, um you know, Chris Evans or Matt LeBlanc. It just comes down to whether or not it's a good programme, and sadly it's not. Uh, Here's the hypocrite of the year, a Tory MP, who's had to apologise, and um, he allegedly cheated on his wife, ex-pastor. My God, they're at it like rabbits inside the church at the moment, aren't they? It's ridiculous. We We had a vicar the other day who lost his wife to Robson Green. He's had to take time off for stress. Then there was another vicar... That's right. Then there was the abusive pastor the other day who was found drunk just up the road from here and started lashing out at the police. He's been in trouble for all sorts of things. And he's uh, actually running a church in Ilford. I'd have him stripped immediately of his uh, of his clerical uh, gear and get him kicked out of the church. This one, the ex-pastor, Steve Double, says, I behaved completely inappropriately and deeply regret the pain I've caused those closest to me. His wife of 30 years, Anne, mother of his kids, vowed to stand by him, saying, although... Uh, I've been deeply hurt, I still love my husband. There you go, another doormat. Amazing, isn't it, really? Where are these powerful women? Turn round, kick them where it hurts, take the kids, take them for everything you get, and move out. No, they don't do that. They refuse to go into further details. A Westminster source said, Steve played away from home with another woman, his wife is furious, but is taking him back. Strange enough, he actually got in as MP for St Austell and Newquay in Cornwall, uh, campaigning to preserve the traditional fabric of family life. The traditional fabric of family life. Dirty little boy. Honestly, it's ridiculous, isn't it? He'd been a pastor for twelve years. The grovelling apology referred only to there having been speculation surrounding his marriage. He insisted he was committed to saving it. The Conservative Party refused to comment on it. <laughs> which is the kind of thing they do now. They close around we can't talk about things like that. Heaven's above me. it goes on all the time. It goes on all the time. Say so married to somebody for thirty years. I can imagine actually. I can imagine that, you know, you sort of get a bit bored after 30 years, don't you? I would think. Um, Another one here. Some ethnic minorities are well, uh, well represented on British television, while others are not. For instance, black people are well represented, but the Chinese are not. Well, I don't remember seeing that many gay people on television either. And also Asian people, Vietnamese people, there's all sorts of people who should be represented. But, I mean, don't make it so it's ridiculous. So when you've got Bake Off, we practically have got transgender, gay, lesbian, then there'll be black, then there'll be white, then there'll be some convicted thug, then there'll be, you know, we seem to be finding everything, whereas, in fact, you should be finding the best people for the programme. And when it comes down to presenters of programmes, I personally couldn't care a rat's bottom whether or not, you know, they're black, white, green, pink or grey, I don't care. I really don't care. I'm only interested in whether somebody's good and they can convey something through the television. And that is, you know, an an ability to make me watch it. That's all it is. It doesn't come down to anything else at all. I couldn't I couldn't care less about uh, anybody's ethnicity. It really doesn't bother me in the slightest. You know, I don't really see colour or anything. I just see people for like people. I like the person. I like the programme. That's how it works. Other people might see something different. You know, they might see. Uh, 84850, Steve at uk. Peter thinks that LBC stands for lovable bloke chatting. Yeah. It, I suppose it could be, actually. It could be. Some, oh, is he coming up with these straight texts? Tech- oh, right. Oh, dear. Do we, have, do we have to put him in the sin bin? Oh, right, OK. Sorry, you've got to go in the sin bin. Oh, you're already in the sin Oh, are you? Oh, dear, you're going to go in the other sin bin then as well. We always smile when we do that. I don't know why it's become quite, uh, quite, uh, quite funny. Actually, I've had to find myself a locker out there because now we're having our our newsroom all done up and it's all white and everything else and it's all smart. Uh, they put lockers in, but as opposed to them being up at the right height for me, they're on the ground. So they're very nice. Don't get me wrong; they're really lovely. But uh, I've had to get them on my hands and knees to procure a locker. So I've taken the key out and I've got to write my name on the on the thing as well. But because I need somewhere, as you know, to keep my uh, my things. You got your key. I, I, seriously, I got, I got dizzy when I went down to open my locker. Because people have bagged the top ones. Whereas I think if, you, if you're tall, you should have a top one. And if you're a short person, you should have a locker on the, on the ground. I think that's how it's supposed to work. Uh, what's, the, uh, what's the weather like? Do you want to know the weather? Do you want to know? No, you don't. Not at the moment, anyway. <laughs> so that's good. And uh, thank you very much indeed to Stephen. He says, I sent you some uh, mail with a Nathan Carter tour programme on from Nathan's grandma. I did get it. I mentioned it on the programme. We always thank people if people send something in. If you miss it, of course, I cannot help it. That is n- that's nothing to do with me. Oh, what have I done now? Oh, honestly, Steve, you are ridiculous. This this computer and Steve Allen do not get on at all well this morning. The mouse. No, it's all right. It's just great. Martin said Chris Evans just shouts a lot. I turned off. Well, you and 1.6 other million people. I mean, it's bad, really. It's just terribly bad. Uh, so what did I have yesterday? I, I got uh, a book. I got two letters. And, uh, and I met somebody. There you go. In fact, met, I met quite a few LBC listeners the other day, which was very good. So I was very pleased about that. Um, I'll tell you about an author who, uh, who listens to this programme in Dubai. And uh, he's a very well-known author. I'll tell you who he is a little bit later on. Because this man has been in the Special Forces. He served with the American military and the government. Uh, He works in the financial sector in London and the Middle East. And uh, he he writes uh, fiction. First of three novels, uh, of which I have two, which is nice. So I'll tell you about them a little bit later on and exactly who he is. And then I promise to mention... And uh, and this will probably sort of frighten the life out of him. I promised to mention a guy who listens to this program every day, and and I know this because somebody said, ah, I said, he said every day he listens. He said I can hear your voice coming out of the radio, and I said right. So Dave, I met your brother yesterday at Waterloo Station, and it's you. You know it's you because he said to me, he said would you give him a mention? I said what time does he listen? He said he's listening from four o'clock in the morning. So Dave. Whose, uh, whose brother is at Waterloo station I didn't get your surname but you know who you are uh, hello to you and Lenny who uh, I see at Waterloo station on a regular basis so uh, there were two shout outs so Dave and Lenny and uh, and Dave's brother as well LBC News Time, 430 the latest headlines for you this morning with Zora Suleiman Steve Allen on LBC morning a very nice heavy company 27 minutes to five. On a Tuesday morning, and uh, I've got another lazy day. Well, sort of a lazy day. We have to do budgets at home, because I'm a director of a company that looks after uh, some property. And we've got to do budgets today. And it's like, I just want to get it over and done with as quickly as possible. (laughs) I don't want to hang around with these things. Shall we put the the residents... Um, ben- uh, not benefits, their uh, charges up or do we not? And I think we might have to put them up by a little bit, just by a little bit not, you know, we, we're always very good, we don't, we don't try and go completely mad, but you know compared to some places which charge an arm and a leg, ours are actually quite reasonable Muhammad Ali was shelling out 45 grand a month to his family because he felt guilty over his string of affairs this is what you're going to be getting in the papers now, you're now going to be getting the fact that he pl- he'd been married four times, I think 13 kids uh, one of them, his son uh, from his fourth wife, I think, says that he didn't talk to him and the family appeared to have fallen out on that side of it. But they'll all be getting a share of his money. You know, I mean, the, the minimum they'll be getting, as I suppose, is there's, you know, that many relative. I don't know who he's going to leave the money to. Of course, it'd be funny if he left it all to charity, wouldn't it? I would have thought that would have been quite a funny thing to do. Uh, also, Michelle Keegan and Mark Wright, apparently they say there's more trouble over their marriage... Uh, we've been running this one now for, it seems like, a couple of weeks. Uh, He was very good at the football the other day, uh, and now they're saying that, you know, it it all stems from, and this goes back to when they were first married, it goes back to when they were first married, which means uh, she wanted to live in Manchester, he wanted to live in Essex because he's a mummy's boy, doesn't want to move too far away from the dreary family, and uh, she wants to be with her friends in Manchester. What I suggest they do is up sticks and move and go in the middle, because otherwise you're never going to solve this one, and it's only going to build up and build up and build up, and then it's going to it's become really quite nasty. But at the moment, it's, it's sort of it's, it's keeping together. It's just, just keeping it together. Uh, the Banksy, um, I can't work out. I mean, I know it's, it's genuine. It's a six-foot image of a child with a stick chasing a burning tyre, and it's the burning tyre that really looks very good. It was done over a weekend. The kid is just like a little kiddie picture. I mean, uh, this is worth a lot of money. I mean, it is worth a lot of money. They need to protect it. Uh, one he left at a Bristol youth club in 2014, sold for £403,000. That's how much he commands. And it's been authenticated by his people. They've said, yes, it is. It's definitely a Banksy. So we obviously went out at the weekend. I'd love to know who he is. I'd really like to. Know. I mean, not for any you know particular reason. I just want to know who he is, just out of curiosity. So this one is a six-foot image. And could it be worth money? Yeah. You'd have to remove the entire wall. That's how it would work. You take away the entire wall and then somebody buys it and they go, I've got a Banksy, because it can only go up in price. Old, isn't it, really? Writing on walls. I mean, it beats all those little children. We had one round our way, started doing his moniker and everything. When they called him, he's a 33-year-old man doing it. Not a child at all. Somebody who should have been locked up years ago. Uh, here they are again. Here they go again. It's uh, Mamma Mia. It's ABBA. 30 years on. Uh, Anna Fred, Bjorn, Bernie and Agneta. Yeah, they all are singing together. <singing> and of course, uh, Benny and Bjorn uh, did very well. They were, they were the least two attractive people in the entire world. I have to be honest, I mean, they weren't even attractive when they were in ABBA. But uh, one is worth, uh, Bjorn is worth, uh, because he actually created with uh, with Benny, chess. and uh, he's been with his wife for 35 years. He's worth about 90 million which, actually, I thought they'd be worth ten times that amount. Seriously. The amount of albums they've sold Benny tours regularly with the Benny Anderson uh, Orchestra. And with Bjorn, he earned millions from Mamma Via. Uh, the DVD, and he's the richest with £100 million. Uh, Anna Friel, Anna Fried, uh reckons that they... She's actually got uh, £75 million. Lives in Switzerland. Lives in Switzerland. And Agneta still performs, uh, now divorced... She's thought to be worth just four million. I don't know why only four million. I thought, you know, after all those years together and the money that they made. But I mean, if they toured now, I think people would go and see, wouldn't they? People would go and see them. There was a programme on the telly last night and it was looking at uh, groups who reformed. And I think the people who started the trend would take that. Take that would have to be the group that they made the comeback. They stuck Robbie Williams uh, in there because he decided he wanted to be part of it. And so they gave him some money and now he's opted out. So take that and now down to a trio. Which tree? Thank you, and um, and I suppose that's a bit similar to the Spice Girls, isn't it? Really, except Spice Girls, I think probably marginally more successful than take that. But then that prompted all the other groups from the uh, from the 80s and the 90s to start getting back together again. Like anybody really cared, you know. Five got back together. Uh, but now there are only three because they all fall out and they all move on and nobody wants to talk to anybody. And, you know, it makes you wonder, doesn't it, really, how they ever actually managed to tour after these groups. But of course, they weren't very successful. You know, you won't find any of these groups like five who've made millions and millions of pounds. You know, they'd be lucky to keep their head above water. So Richie Neville will be looking around for, uh, for a show very shortly or going back to Australia which is what I'm recommending, having got uh, uh, his last girlfriend up the duff and having had a baby, uh, presumably they'll be paying for that because what they did, they uh, they actually sort of milked it with the magazines by selling the pictures and all the rest of it. And it all becomes a little bit tedious because, let's face it, his star waned some years ago. Uh, have you... Uh, you once said how TV peeps will only stick to proven formats whenever see anything new. So correct. Uh, Kieran in the cloud. Love the show. Yeah, I mean, they—they they, there is nothing new. There is nothing new on television. There is nothing new. And, that, and I stand by that because they're frightened to risk it. That's what it is. It comes down to the fact they're frightened to risk it. And occasionally you've got to take risks on television. I don't think they did anything with Top Gear that a three-year-old couldn't have put together. It's the same format, it's just with different presenters. In fact, this time it's with even more presenters than you can shake a stick at. Uh, over on the One Show, they still haven't learnt that the programme is dire. I mean, it really is dire. It used to be good when it was watched by Julia uh, Adrian and uh, and that Hi and and then she luckily disappeared, thank God, because she was as boring as uh, as ants, and uh, and nobody really bothered with her, did they? And so she disappeared, and thankfully, it's the last we've ever seen of her. Still, uh, still struggling along. Although I was horrified to discover the other day that Countdown had been wrapped over the knuckles by Ofcom. Countdown of all places. I thought Countdown was the was the bastion of you know everything that that was good and holy in the world but countdown got their knuckles wrapped because the host mentioned um the ideal home show at olympia which i thought so and then and then somebody on the panel was it mark foster the swimmer he talked about the fact that he was uh, he was endorsed um by p and o ferries and told people what wonderful services and things you could do on board so ofcom went excuse me this is product placement got to be so careful with my in conversation honestly i mustn't mention anything at all <laughs> but i've never heard of anything i didn't i didn't think that anybody would even do you think there are people who sit there watching television programs going i don't think they uh, they should be saying that i'm going to write in to ofcom and make an official complaint and then they get a little letter back so sweet isn't it i bet it's the same person it'll be some strange old man with about two teeth in his head writing in or some woman who's, who's got one of those sensible skirts sensible shoes probably crocs Probably looks after cats, I should imagine, and uh, goes and visits the local church and thinks she's a local Christian, which, of course, she turns out not to be. Uh, you've you ruined my vision of you sipping Prosecco from a beautiful glass sitting on your balcony or terrace surrounded by hanging baskets. Actually, I was going to take a picture, Pat, this morning of the hanging baskets because Paul Cooper said to me yesterday that he started putting a little bit of tomerite in the water, just a little bit, I said to him, don't go, he said it works, I said, of course it works, it's potassium, it works brilliantly, you're trying to attach your keys now for your cupboard, have you managed to write your name on it, oh right, oh, I haven't managed to write my name on mine yet, and you managed to put it back in again, is it, it's quite difficult isn't it, I know, Mike broke his, so, and uh, you know, I'm not telling tales out of school, but he's, he's, he's broken it completely, whoever ends up with that locker, I mean seriously they're never going to write the name on it, it's awful, so, sorry, you haven't got a locker, Oh, it's somebody, it's somebody else's locker you've broken. He's broken somebody else's locker. What a vandal. What a vandal, honestly. God, you're going to be in so much trouble because I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. But uh, I must do my name on my locker, just in case. I forgot what I was talking about now. I've completely lost my thread. Uh, but anyway, it, it, it's, it's proven formats on the television and they just play safe. So one antique programme is exactly the same as another one. I like uh, I like firms. I'm not saying that because she's coming in, because I like something that's slightly different. And it's a bit like Antiques Roadshow. There used to be, no, it was called Going for a Song. Do you remember? Going for a Song. dun, 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 And it had a singing bird in a, in a cage. It was presented by Arthur Negus, who was lovely. Lovely, lovely, gentle, gentle antiques dealer, proper, oh, lovely cabriole legs on this one, he used to say. Oh, he had a voice like melted chocolate. And, um, and they would sit there and people would sort of, they bring something round to show them and they'd have to work out what it was and how much it was worth. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And Fern does roughly the same thing now. It's not called Going for a Song because obviously somebody owns Going for a Song, but it's a similar sort of, similar sort of uh, premise. Which works, uh, works very well. But anyway, just going back to the, uh, the hanging baskets, I was going to take a picture. The pots have started spreading a bit more now. Uh, the hanging baskets looking a lot better than they did because I watered. And then I'll go back today and give them a little bit of uh, tomerite, which will keep going. And, uh, and then they will burst forth. And it's only tomerite. And the reason I say only tomerite is because years ago, Pete Murray told me about it. And it's got the most potassium. And that's very important. So don't just think, because it's got a picture of a tomato on the front, that it uh, it just is for tomatoes. It's not. It's for for plants and flowers and stuff like that. And so I use it quite Not quite liberally, but I, I do a full watering can and then a splosh. And a splosh is just splosh, you know. But you know what a splosh is, don't you, next door? You've had a few sploshes, you know, in the watering can. And then you sort of, and then you just sort of shake it round a little bit. Actually, put it in before you put the water in the can, because then it fills up and it mixes it anyway. And I promise you, you'll notice a difference. Your baskets, ladies, will be bigger. Gentlemen, your cucumbers will grow better than anybody else's. I mean, the whole thing is just brilliant. And once it all starts bursting forth, that's when you can sit back, take pictures and go, you know, it looked a bit weedy when I first put it in. I mean, the plants in some of my pots didn't look great. Now they've started filling out. The geraniums have got the beautiful flowers on them. And what I do is I cut them back. I go through a reckless period of cutting back the geraniums and I'm going to fill up... Two more pots today and I'm putting in bright red geraniums because you can't lose, can you? If it's something nice and easy like that and you can derive a great deal of pleasure out of it. So perhaps I've reached that age where uh, where gardening is the way forward. It's very gentle. You can do it on a bottle of Prosecco, I promise you. And, uh, and you can have a very nice time. <laughs> Still to come, Barbie Dumped, Ken is my name. Make any sense to you? It won't, but it will after this.
0: Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC.
1: Splosh. It's my new word of the day. It's, uh, it's sort of... It's just throwing a splosh in a watering can. It's, uh he's, he's found it. The producer's found it on, uh On, I don't know where he finds these things from, but it's from some... It's the Urban Dictionary, which, of course, I mean, nobody does that. I mean, I think it's... I think it's derived from the Latin. I splosh, you splosh, we splosh, they splosh. He sploshes. I think that's how it comes. No, it's just a splosh. That's what we did. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how other words you describe it. But it's certainly not from the urban dictionary. We don't, that's not the, that's for young people sitting on a beach on Bondi Beach getting ready to go and do a bit of surfing and coming back for a tinny. That'd be an urban dictionary. No, in in the English dictionary, splosh would mean something completely different. In here, I can't even begin to tell you what it is. But it's splosh. It's just a sploshing amount of, um, ...of of Tomerite... Oh, God, I don't know. ...why everything has to become so complicated, I don't know... ...just to make it difficult, you know... ...everybody else understands what I mean by a splosh... ...it's only because he's not British... ...it's because he's Australian... ...I mean, they, they they can't even say, I've got a tin of Coke... ...I've got a tinny... ...I've got a tinny... ...honestly, it's like juvenile language, isn't it... ...and this afternoon becomes the Sarvo... This, ...I ask you, really... You know, if you lived on Pluto, you wouldn't be coming up with this kind of stuff. Oh, the, state, the Sarvo, I'm going out, uh, you know, on my surfboard, kind of thing. Not him, not him, he doesn't do stuff like that. Uh, Buddy, the posh supermarket driver, no, you're not. Stop trying to make yourself upmarket. He said, I'm not in Kent this morning, I'm in Leafy Chiswick. Because I'm out of Kent, does that mean I get the same status as Kevin? No, no, because traditionally you're from Kent, You can't change that. If you came from Whitstable, I might update you a little bit. But uh, I'm not updating you because you're driving through leafy Chiswick, which is lovely. (laughs) Oh, dear. I love it. Uh, Somebody says, I'm looking forward to becoming something, and I'm going to invite you for a holiday. Oh, God. I don't do holidays. Anybody tell you the one thing that Steve Allen doesn't do is is holidays. I'm not really a holiday person. I get bored with them. I I don't know what to do with a holiday. Neil says, looking forward to today's Marilyn Monroe impression. He said, you had me in stitches yesterday. It was a happy birthday to my dad, Peter, and his partner, Olive, is tomorrow. Uh, the ducklings are doing well. I took them swimming yesterday in Teddy's paddling pool. Yes, don't, don't feed them. I, I did, you remember, I had the disaster with mine. I fed them, I thought they would like uh, Weetabix. Well, of course, they didn't. They're supposed to set, get all their nutrients from the water. That's why, really, they should be on the on the river. But, you know, other ducks would probably attack them. So it's a bit difficult to know what to do, isn't it? I don't know what you're supposed to feed ducklings on. A splosh of something, I suppose. Producer <laughs> has a little smile to himself, but I think it's wind. Uh, so, uh, so good luck, Neil, with that. So happy birthday to Dad Peter and his partner Olive tomorrow, which is, uh, which is nice. Uh, 8 for 850... Uh, the person who you're going to name who writes fiction is it your accountant, says Mike well no, he only does facts I wish it wasn't actually, to be honest with you I've always sort of moaned generally about everybody else seems to get away with paying little tax me, it's serious, it's not serious money but whatever it is, I don't have any problem paying tax I'm, I'm so good and the reason I'm so good is because I think, if I've earned the money and he says that's how much tax you pay well that's how much tax I have to pay I've only ever have once had a tax rebate. They don't seem to deem me as a necessary necessary evil for having tax rebates, much as I'd love to. You hear people going, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that today I win, I think it's 54 million on the national lottery. I mean, there's no chance of winning it, but it's, it's it's Fantasy Tuesday for me. I like Fantasy Tuesday. The reason I like Fantasy Tuesday is because I think to myself, you know, just supposing you did win it. I know I won't, but just supposing you did, if you had faith and you had enough faith and you think, well, it can move mountains, will it help me win the lottery? But of course, there must be millions of other people in the country saying exactly the same thing as me. Well, the thing is, you know, can you let me win the national lottery? I promise to keep buying tickets or do, you know, do good causes. I've got various things that I would want to do with money if I had a lot of money and 54 million would be deemed a lot of money. And I'd, I'd, oh, I'd love to do some nice charity things, definitely. But things that you wouldn't think of. You know, not not for the big charities, not not for the big charities. I'd be doing it for sort of some of the little charities. I don't know what you do about the begging letters. I suppose you keep sending them, and um, and and you and you think to yourself, I could I could give money to my little church. I used to sing in. They could always do with a little bit of money, a few thousand here, a few thousand there. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Help help people out. God, that's what we're all thinking, aren't we? With Muhammad Ali, how much money will he leave? And that's why the uh, the papers don't know at the moment. They're all guessing that it's about 60000000 I bet. million. I'm betting it's nowhere near that. Seri- oh, dear, what have I done there? Oh, that's, oh, I pushed a fader up. I managed to do something in the studio and create different lights. Like a little light show going on in here. Uh, this uh, Barbie Dumped Ken is My Name. This is a mum. OK, you can tell she's barking mad because she's changed her name by deed poll to Barbie Dumped Ken after Facebook tried to stop her using it. She's a finance worker. She's 41 and... Um, Uh, She'd gone by the nickname on the site for years until its admin staff changed it back to her birth name, Sarah Niblock. (laughs) Sorry, Sarah Niblock. So the mum of three decided to change her name officially. Uh, Barbie from Manchester said, I liked using the name on my Facebook as I enjoyed taking the mick out of celebs like Katie Price and Paris Hilton because she looks a bit bimbo-y. And she says it makes my friends and family laugh. I would say things like, I live in the Barbie mansion in L.A. And then I got my own reality TV show. I pretended to be at book signings and photo. Oh, God, you're mad as a fruitcake, aren't you, really? You're, she's living in a pretend world, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Barbie says her eldest, Holly, may adopt her surname, Ken. But Millie and Harvey have told her no chance. She said they think I'm embarrassing. Well, they're not wrong, are they? Uh, but I said, no, it's just a laugh. Facebook said, using real names helps to keep its community safe. Yes, exactly. I mean, she's quite clearly one of these simple people. Quite clearly. Uh, I don't think there's a husband any, any, any time around there soon. So, uh, interesting, interesting. Uh, the bizarre column today, one of it is just... Uh, it, it just looks like we're, we're filling up press releases. That's all it seems to me. Just put them in there. It's pathetically awful. Really dreadful. Uh, talking about uh, Prince Harry, who wants to appear on Take Me Out... I just wish he'd appear somewhere and do a day's work for a living as opposed to sort of propping up bars and going off to uh, to things like that. Um, and so it's, it's OK. It's OK if that's what he wants to do, if that's what he chooses to do. They don't seem to like... Uh, oh, interesting. The boss of Burberry saw his pay plunge 75% last year as the brand fell out of fashion with rich Far East shoppers. Yeah, it's it lurches, doesn't it, Burberry? Didn't the, didn't the Beckhams have something to do with it? Didn't they sort of go there and uh, and they had you know pictures taken and one of them modelled for Burberry, which was all very interesting. There's a page three girl in the Daily Star today, and uh, she's Essex girl. She's called Lily, and uh, I thought she was. That they were going to say she's about sixty. Seriously, with without a shadow of a lie, I looked at her. She's she's quite hefty. In fact, she's that hefty that she's got to cover up most of her stomach, and. Um, and she fills her home with these lilies. And everywhere she goes, plants seem to pop up to greet her. And, and you look at her and you think, you look really old. And she's only 20. 20. I thought, seriously, they were going to say she's 60 years old because she's, uh, she's carrying a lot of weight. Carrying a lot of weight. And, as I say, and this is after she's been airbrushed. They still can't make her look anything decent. A little bit worrying there. Mark Wright is now a Premier League target after his soccer age showing. Uh, always best to keep, you know, different uh, different strings to your bow. I always say. And um, and the Queen told me what the F word means. Says Brian Blessed. Do like Brian Blessed. He's quite a character. The British granny killed by a monster shark. The trouble is, you know, if you go swimming in somebody else's pond then you have to kind of accept the uh, the consequences. Prince Harry doing another photo opportunity, pretending he boxes, again, with the open-neck white shirt and the sleeves rolled up, quite clearly by somebody else. He doesn't look as though he could do things like that. And, um, and it's just a photo opportunity, with Prince Harry, whose hair is dropping out on an hourly basis. You know, by this rate, come Christmas, he's going to have to have it all shaved off again. Not looking good at all. Um, some crazy swans have been evicted from Cambridge because they attack people in punts, and people are out there probably sploshing around In fact, actually, there was a record, I'm pretty I'm pretty certain, called Doing the Splosh I'm pretty certain, and it was by Bob somebody Sp- Doing the Splosh, I'm pretty certain the producer's now going to have to check actually, I've got a blank screen on this side, so I don't know what you're on but I'm on a, on a blank screen I don't know why it usually has all the sort of the out times up on it but I don't have the out times up on it no, it's not. No, it's not. Believe you me, it's blank. Is it? Have you moved it down or up? Have you moved it up or down? Oh, there it is. That's better. Yeah, OK. No, it's gone now. It doesn't, nothing confuses me apart from you. Yeah, I think it's called... No, leave it there. Leave, yeah, leave it there. I, I need that. I just want to look at it. Because it, I don't care. I just want to look at it. <laughs> don't take away my blanket. So I think it was called doing the splosh. And it was Bob somebody. I'm pretty certain. I'm generally not wrong on these things. If it turns out I'm right, it'll be another. It'll be another miracle for Steve Allen and uh, and everybody else at the same time. I'm pretty certain. Doing the Splosh record. I've just don't tell me you can't find it. I haven't made no. Seriously, I haven't. I'm pretty certain. It was like a dance. Splish splash. There was one. The splish splash. Splosh, this, Splish, yeah, I thought it was doing the splosh, but this one here, uh, no, the splosh, splish, splash, bath time song, it was a, splish, splash, I was taking a bath, all about a Saturday night, do you mean doing the slosh song, Bob, yes, doing the slosh, song, Bob, they are, down, down, there you go, try on that one, they are, Bob Miller and the Miller Men doing the slosh, woo, Am I right or am I right? Sickening, isn't it, really? I hate being right all the time. I hate being right. And it goes back ages and ages. Ages and ages. Bob Miller and the Miller Men doing the slosh. Yes, yeah, slosh. What did I say? Splosh. Well, it's the same. Slosh and... Sp- so- <laughs> slosh and splosh? They're the same, aren't they? I think. I think that's the Glasgow version. Doing the slosh. I think that's the same thing, isn't it? He's now going to Google slosh and splosh. He's determined to get one over on me on this thing. There you go. Slosh. Also spill, slop, splash, flow, overflow, splatter, spatter. And that's liquid moving irregularly with a splashing sound. Water in a boat sloshed around under our feet. Why did you, why did you slosh me? Why did you splosh me? (laughs) I still think it's I splosh, you splosh, we splosh, they splosh. I don't really care, actually. I'm in that kind of mood today. I mean, that kind of mood, because it's Tuesday, and uh, and I, I like Tuesday. <laughs> I like Tuesday a lot. I like every day, actually. Uh, Steve, having watched last night's Can't Pay, Won't Pay, I was gobsmacked by the attitude of the court enforcer by the name of Paul somebody. Yes, we know all about him. Something that direct tenants evicted for non-payment of rent to contact the councillor or to get rehoused. So it's OK to default on rent payments to landlords, let yourself be evicted, and just take a walk to the council and you get rehoused. Yes, that's exactly how it works. And he'll say that. I think he's giving the wrong advice. He's basically telling people how to sort of, how to cheat the system. I'm happier when they're all thrown out on the streets. But I mean, he's, you know, we don't want a a bailiff with a heart of gold, do we? That's not the sort of thing we want. Good heavens above, we're not known for things like that. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. A lot of people querying splosh. Now, <laughs> could be a running battle, this one. We could, uh, we could end up throwing things at each other. Uh, still to come, the wheel thief thought by the, uh, caught by the car. Uh, boxer Amir Khan says £100,000 for my daughter's second birthday, worth every penny. Well, it would have to be, mate, but we're not buying into your second silly little fight, OK. Uh, 100 deaths is too good for him. The worst paedophile we've ever convicted. They've said it's going to be 22 life sentences with a minimum of 23 years. Why don't they just say you're going to die in prison? Would that not make it easier? The moment a SeaWorld killer whale tries to beach itself in despair. Britain's first butter boutique. Uh, Today would have been the birthday of Prince, but he died. Old frying pans that can kill. And the woman who spent £10,000 on a new boob so big... They had to be imported. All of that and more on the sploshing good Steve Allen
0: show this morning on LBC. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning,
1: a pretty nice to be company. It's Tuesday the 7th of June.
0: It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Be
1: part of... I was going to say, be part of the spike. The spike's at four and then it sort of runs all the way through. Uh, The coffee date in prison for the killers of little Liam, the little boy who died at the hands of his lesbian lovers. Uh, The former escort who made money out of puppy farming only has to pay back £9,000. A disgusting piece of work. I hate puppy farmers. I've had uh, issues with them before on this programme. Banksy's gift, a class act. Could be worth a fortune. Uh, Beloved George Formby in the Queen's top ten. When I'm cleaning windows to earn an honest bob. And the letter to Father Christmas found up a chimney. Dated 1925. Things do not change, ladies and gentlemen. And the middle-aged are looking for sun, sea and sex on holiday. I wonder why. What would be the point of that? I can't think of anything worse, actually. I mean, I I don't mind going for sun, sun and sea. I'm not wild about sun. But, uh, certainly not... Honestly, I'd rather have a good toasted bacon sandwich. I mean, who, who wants sex on holiday? Ugh, dear, all that sand getting everywhere. Very messy. Not very good at all, is it? <laughs> Slightly disturbing thought. <laughs> anyway, um... Uh, I'm trying to think what I was going to talk about this morning, actually. Somebody... Because it was strange, because somebody said to me the other day, they said, um... They said the good thing about Steve Allen's programme, they were talking to my friend Mandy, is that they say he's never lost for anything to talk about. He can talk about basically nothing for two and a half hours. And, so, and people often say to me, you know, how, how do you do it? And I say money. You know, if they're paying money, I'll, I'll talk for two and a half hours. I don't have any problem with doing things like that. I find it quite entertaining, actually, because sometimes I've never heard this stuff either. So it's a, it's a bit of a revelation for all of us. You're hearing it for the first time, as indeed I am. Uh, my friend Graham came back from Dubai. He goes out to Dubai on business every so often. And um, and he came back, and he knows all sorts of people. And uh, this time he comes back, and he gives me a letter. And, uh, and the letter is... Uh, Dear Steve, we have a mutual friend in Graham. And he and I stumbled over the fact that we're mutual fans of yours. I listened to your show... Every morning on my drive to work in Dubai, your commentary of life and events keeps me sane amongst the crazy drivers in Dubai between 05.30 and 0600, your time. So anyway, he's an, he's an author, actually. Uh, he writes under the name of Oscar King and he's, uh, he sent me in a couple of his, uh, his books. This one is called Persian Roulette and uh, it's been given a nice write-up by uh, Frederick Forsyth. And uh, comments by Bear Grills and everybody else. So thank you very much indeed for that. That was very nice indeed. and uh, and then remember I got a thing the other day and it was a book about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, which was uh, which was from uh, my friend Alan J.W. Bell. Now Alan used to be the uh, producer of Last of the Summer Wine. And he sent me a copy of the book, but he didn't put any letter in with it at all. So, of course, I opened it up and I I knew it it was him and I knew he'd actually sent it. And he said that the book is a sort of realistic appraisal of making The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and the problems of working with uh, university undergraduates. He said, I'm not a science fiction fan and I wouldn't be offended if you threw the book into the nearest waste bin. I think it'll sell really well. It's got cult following. I mentioned it when, as soon as it was sent in, actually, Alan. And uh, a lot of people love Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. But then he sent me two other letters. And I think you'll like these, because these are, these are insights. And um, this one here says, uh, Thank you for your kind comments about Last of the Summer Wine. We were all devastated when the series was axed. For Russ Abbott was proving to be a really strong member of the cast. When the axe fell, we wondered if perhaps our series was too expensive but that couldn't be the reason when the BBC inexplicably pays so much to non entity celebrities. And we all remember Bert Quock, who passed away the other week. Even in stressful situations, Bert would smooth problems out with a smile. We were filming outside a pub in Upper Thong, a short distance from Holmfirth. The shot was of Entwistle, Bert, driving his red pickup truck to a position across the road from the pub. <laughs> when we rehearsed, the static part of the scene, one of the residents arrived in his car, parked it and went into his house. Now, most of the locals are very friendly and this gentleman was no exception. So when he was asked if he could kindly park his car a few feet away from the camera, he was pleased to do so and reparked it. Bert was driving the truck with Russ Abbott standing in the back, was taken up to the start position, out of sight, around the corner. I called, action! And Bert set off towards us. It was all going very well until Bert misjudged his stopping position and (laughs) ploughed. ploughed into the side, shouldn't laugh, of the helpful neighbour's car. Russ bounced into the air and Bert, angry with himself, vowed never to drive a car on filming again, ever, and he didn't. It could have been a difficult situation, but for Bert's smile, which was completely disarming. And uh, he was also talking about... Besides being the longest-running comedy series in the world and the Queen's favourite television programme, it was transmitted earlier and earlier so the BBC could say that the viewing figures were dropping. It's now shown eight times a day on satellite, where it is its biggest draw. We only use Teddington Studios to show the finished programmes to an audience to record the laughter. I can't tell you how often we debated the logistics... Of inviting you to come along to where you were a very welcome guest. It was our loss, and I apologise for missing the opportunity. Alas, this magnificent studio, which had survived a bomb in the Second World War, couldn't keep the developers away and has gone to make way for apartments. I know, it's shocking, isn't it, really? Uh, My book, A Hitch in the Galaxy, was prompted by an article on the internet about why there were no second series of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, despite its huge success. i produced and directed the first series for television, but Douglas needed the help of the radio producer who'd helped him write the first series. And for once, the BBC got it right and refused to let him get his own way and have me only direct the second series. My wife, Constance, helped me find a title which wouldn't infringe the copyright of Douglas Adams's work. I liked A Hitch in the Galaxy. She preferred A Skunk in Space. She's not speaking to me now. There you go. Listen, always lovely to hear from you. Thank you very much indeed. And I hope that uh, all is well down in Thames Ditton. And thank you very much indeed for the book. Loads of people love the the book. It's got such cult following. So you can check out that book. I think it's on Amazon, actually. In fact, I'm pretty certain it's on on, uh, Amazon. You can find it. A Hitch in the Galaxy. By, uh, by Alan J.W. Bell Okay, and if you're a fan of the programme you'll love it, it's got behind the scenes pictures and stuff that you've never seen before and that's what we like on the programme that's what makes this, this, this programme work as far as I'm concerned, it's the interaction of people who I bump into on a daily basis and say, I met, I met a man in fact, I met two men the other day one of whom works as a chef in a school down the road uh, for 300 kids and he said, uh, he said, I know your voice he said, because I wake up with your voice every morning and uh, and I thought, well, that's nice, actually. At one point, he turned his head away and he said, it's exactly the same as if you're on the radio. I said, well, it would be. It's me. <laughs> who else is it going to sound like? You do get some people though, who sound completely different. I think I sound roughly the same except when I'm speaking to the producer outside. When I say speaking to him, I'm generally telling him off about something. This morning, he was sort of, he was sort of going through all the YouTube videos and everything else, which I've been watching. And he seems to, he seems to quite enjoy it, which shows how shallow his life is. But anyway, so he, sort of, he was enjoying that. And we watched, we watched the creepy little North Korean children with the guitars, which is sort of, it's, it's creepy yet funny at the same time. This is all on YouTube. Then we watched Pirates of the Caribbean, the theme played by, it's a Czechoslovakian, Uh, music conservatory. They're young people. They can't be any more than, I should imagine, 18. They are nothing short of brilliant. I think they're brilliant. Uh, He found the Auckland Philharmonic Orchestra, who also played Pirates of the Caribbean. Then I discovered my uh, Mormon Tabernacle Choir, doing the Christmas with David Archer letter. Then we discovered, um, type in on YouTube, what did it come up with? Little Chinese boy and girl singing You Raise Me Up. I mean, you. It's seriously, this little boy can't be any more than Six, seven, something like that, and 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 you think to yourself, is that really his voice, or is he lip syncing? You will doubt it. Then you hear the sister singing, and you know really that he is actually singing. He's he's so good, he's so good. It's a very good little thing. We find all these different things on YouTube, and then I can share them with him. Gives him another dimension to his life. You know, he tells me, you know, about his life. I generally nod off, and uh, you know, life back, you know, in Australia. Like, you know, anybody... Seriously, I mean, I've I've thought about, you know, just sort of collapsing in front of him, but I don't think that would stop him talking. He still keeps droning on about it. Oh, Steve, you'd love it if you came to the beach, you know. We'd all go down there and, you know, take some girls down. That kind of was the boring bit. And then, you know, we go out swimming, and then we come back, and then we have a barbie. And it's the same every day. You know, I could understand it if Australians were interesting. But they're just not. The worst thing is, they don't know how boring they are. We don't care about the Great Barrier Reef. I couldn't give a monkeys about Ayers Rock. I don't care about neighbours. I don't care about Charlene. I don't care about anybody over there. I couldn't care less that they all go to the beach every day and everybody's super fit. I hate them. Okay? Anybody super fit stands in front of me, I walk away. I won't hang around with people who are super fit because it makes me look better. You know, they're so proud. There used to be a guy who used to come into Paul Cooper's shop and he he was a trainer. Have you noticed that trainers in gyms always wear a sweatshirt from the gym and it's got trainer written on the back of it so they know who they are. And so they go, Now what are you? When about have a look in the mirror? Oh, I'm a trainer. And you go, Lovely. And and they always look at you and they always try and eat healthily and I just sort of stand there looking like Mr Blobby. I don't care. Seriously, I don't care. I don't mind if people go, you're fat, doesn't bother me in the slightest. I'm well aware of that. Well aware of it. I'm also well aware that you're addicted to this programme and long may it continue. So we go back into the uh, into the papers in a moment. Uh, there is a, a lottery draw tonight and I think it is probably around 54 million. Seems like an awful lot, doesn't it? Uh, Steve, do you mean the slosh, that famously awful holiday camp dance, says Dean? I can't remember exactly what I can remember vaguely the music in my head, but I can't remember exactly, I might have to find it tomorrow, I think. I think I might have to find it on uh, on YouTube. Uh, 84850, oh, uh, what do you think about Dale's Mohican haircut? I think he admits, admits as well, and that it's, um, it wasn't maybe the best haircut he's ever had. We've all had disastrous haircuts, haven't we, over the years? <coughs> I haven't. I don't really have disastrous haircuts. I mean, I just, because I keep my hair sort of short. Mike, of course, doesn't really have, you know, a hair sort of problem or anything like that. He's sort of, you know, he obviously goes in there and just says, just take a little bit. Of, not too much. Not too much. because no, people get panicky because when you're a child, when you're young, not saying it's a child, but when, when you're younger, you do think that when, that when they cut your hair off, it's not going to grow back again. And you go, no, it's too short. And the trouble is some kids now, I see them come into Michael's, the hairdressers, and they don't like to send and You can see them looking in the mirror thinking, it's getting shorter and shorter. And it really panics people. What else is getting uh, panicky? The time. It's quarter past 5.
0: Bree at Breakfast. Every weekday morning from 7, only on LBC. To visualize Nick Ferrari and Asda, it's, it's, it's not
1: something that comes to mind, is it really? You probably think Marks and Spencer's Waitrose. I don't see Asda, I don't think they've got an Asda near them at all. Anyway, Britain's stronger in say UK firms will be hit by a £34 billion export tax if we leave the single market, costing investments and jobs. How seriously should we take the claim? Vote Leave publishes a dossier of 50 criminals which the European Court prevented us from deporting, including offenders convicted of murder, rape and drug trafficking. And as MPs debate the Snoopers' Charter, is it a threat to our personal liberty or a way to keep us safe? That's Nick Ferrari. This morning, from seven after the morning news with Lisa Aziz, it's Boris's dad, Stanley Johnson, who is in looking at the papers for today, which is nice. Nice to have your company. I hope you're well this morning. Looking forward to another... I thought yesterday was OK. Again, I'm, I'm not doing heat... I'm not doing anything like that. I just can't get on with it. It just makes me feel desperately, desperately uncomfortable. I don't know. I don't know why. Perhaps it's the medication. Perhaps it's something. I remember once, in fact, after I was diagnosed as uh, as diabetic, I remember going uh, to a friend of mine who, she's got a hairdressing salon, and she had tanning booths. But you stand up in the tanning booth. Have you ever been in one of those where you stand up, you put a little pair of paper panties on, and, uh, no, just me again. And uh, and then this machine kind of moves around you. Well, after two minutes, my skin was prickling. And I thought it was to do with the diabetes. So I had to stop. I had to come out. I felt quite peculiar. So um, I assumed then that obviously diabetes and uh, tanning things do not go together. So I didn't, I didn't bother, actually. I didn't bother at all. Uh, splish, splash, I was taking a bath. See, it doesn't work. Splish, splash, I was taking a bath all upon a Saturday. It makes it sound a bit posh, doesn't it, really? Uh, barbers never listen, Steve. I tell them to leave the front, the high forehead, but they always have to trim it short. Uh, Jim the bin says beautiful sunrise over Heathrow this morning. Isn't this the best time, everybody? Is this not the best time when you look out and you look and you watch the sun come up? I, I went back yesterday and and I remember sitting on the bus and I was and I was talking to the producer and I was saying, isn't London look beautiful? The sun was glinting off the Thames and I thought, my God, we're lucky. By God, it doesn't matter where you are. I've seen some beautiful things on the on the television, some beautiful images of some lovely, lovely places. And I've thought to myself, you know, it's we're so lucky. It's and at this time of the morning. This is the best time to see it. There's not too much traffic around. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, Steve, I gave my brother a uh, laugh. Says uh, Michael, he lives in London and me in deepest, darkest Dorset. And uh, he said, I told him the computer thing, uh, zero by zero. He says, and uh, it's sad because there are no cookies and you're sad because you have no friends, says Michael. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quite fun. We did it on the program, didn't we? Which I thought was quite, quite funny, actually. Splish Splosh could be referring to Prosecco, plant feed and Antipodean radio producers, tinnies and suntan lotion. Yes, you've no, seriously, I mean, he's single at the moment and uh, there's a good reason for that uh, other one of your techs coming in today <laughs> and uh, wait a minute let's try on this one. Oh, Steve, talk about the conflict between wheelchair users and buggy users on buses the space is meant for wheelchairs but no buggy users make way the drivers are pretty useless I don't think they, uh, they actually do anything like that do they anymore I don't, actually I don't see that many people in wheelchairs getting on the bus I have to be honest, I can't remember the last time I actually found somebody like that. And, uh, you know, some some mothers with pushchairs are a bit aggressive. Uh, Tony says, uh, oh, that that sploshing is sexually related. Yeah, we, we just... The, trust the producer to discover this one. He actually found it because it was on an urban dictionary. And it's something to do with the pleasure you get through covering yourself in custard, baked beans, etc. The messier the better. You see, to me, a perfect waste of good custard... A perfect waste of good custard. I told you, somebody once, many years ago, obviously for some sort of joke, some sort of sickness, decided to send me in some body chocolate. And it was a pot of liquid chocolate which came with a paintbrush. And so I liberally painted my entire body from head to toe with it, lay on the bed. Nothing. Nothing. Nobody came in. Nobody went out. Nothing happened at all. In the end, I had to try and ease myself off the bed, which was easier said than done because it had set get myself into the shower and start cracking my body. It was just impossible. So I then decided there was no way. If anybody ever said, would you like to come out with me? And by the way, let's go back and cover ourselves in custard. I'm getting out of there as fast as my little legs will carry me. Because after the custard comes the hundreds and thousands and the chocolate vermicelli. You know, and I'm not having anything to do with that either, because frankly, if I wanted to look like a Christmas cake decoration, I'd have done it years ago. But I don't want to do things like that. I don't want to do anything that gets you, you know, people who sit in a bath of baked beans for charity. Perverts. It's as simple as that. We know exactly what they're doing it for. You know, they go, oh, I'm doing this for charity. No, you're doing it for yourself, your own gratification. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't go anything, anything like that. I just can't understand why. And yet I don't mind a water fight. I don't mind a water fight. I can do a water fight. I think that's okay. To get wet is okay, but at the moment it involves sticky things, no, no, thank you very much indeed. Yeah, water. I could do water. I could do water. I mean, I've got a big water thing at home—a like, super soaker which could knock you backwards. You have to believe it to see it. I tell you, I, I can. I can shoot seventy feet, Mike. Seriously, it's absolutely. I mean, you know, even I was impressed. Even I was impressed. Uh, Steve, I've just passed the Royal Albert Hall to see a milestone. Yes, it's for Hounslow, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) Jamie, it's nine miles. It must have been nice once. What, the Royal Albert Hall? Actually, it's the only thing that uh, Queen Victoria's husband got. He got a bridge and a hall. What does she get? A station named after her. Not quite as exciting, is it, really? Uh, Also, today, uh, it says here, Bobby Darren had a record called Splish Splash. Yes, this was doing the splosh. Slosh? Doing the slosh. I think. <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. Uh it's boating, Steve. Water goes a bit murky with a splosh of tomerite. You see we can weave in all the a murky splosh. We can weave it in. Apparently splosh is in the Cambridge Dictionary meaning splash. A splash. You know? I mean I listen, I understand what I'm talking about. You have to be tuned into this program. It might take you a couple of a uh, couple of uh, listens to actually get it. Uh Classic, Steve, and then come the hundreds and thousands. Well, you know, that's, that's your worst nightmare, isn't it? Somebody comes, you know, back, you know, if, if you've met somebody in sort of, you know, Debenham's lingerie department or something. Uh, whatever, I can't think of anything logically. And they immediately get handcuffs out. Immediately, my warning bells start signalling. You know, Steve, do not go anywhere near anybody who carries their own handcuffs I think that's, uh, that's quite dangerous. And also, if they then produce from their backpack a blow-up paddling pool. I know I'm quite clearly in for a horrible night. And if they then start producing jars of custard, what is that place in Italy? Where apparently they all throw tomatoes at each other and roll around in it. Again, perverts. It's not normal. It's Spain, isn't it? They do this... It's tomato fight. Hundreds and thousands of tonnes of tomatoes. What a waste of good food. There's people starving around the world and they're throwing tomatoes at each other. You know, And as I say, I don't want anything like that either. I don't even like it if I dribble a bit of tomato. And I have dribbled a bit of tomato in my time before now. You know when you make something and and you're watching something on the television? And I have to be honest, I'm a terrible television eater. And and you put the the spoon up to your mouth, because it's safer in my case with a spoon than anything else. And you go like that and you suddenly realise you've missed your mouth completely. And it's just gone all the way down you. All the way down the front. And you just go, you know, I'm just a complete disaster. And then it dries... And then you've got a shirt that looks... I walked in here with a shirt the other week. I thought it looked clean, and it shows how tired I must have been. Because I walk in here, and I'm, I'm I'm looking at myself in the mirror thinking, not bad for 39, eh, boy? Not bad for 39. And and I looked out, and I've got this big yellow curry stain on the front of the shirt. It was so awful. And I looked at it, and I thought, oh, no. And so I threw the shirt away. There's, there's Bondi Beach. Look, there, there, there's a typical Australian reporter. She's from uh, Channel 9. I think nine is the sort of probably shoe size and is that Bondi Beach? It's lovely isn't it? That really is Bondi Beach. We're watching Sky at the, you know, on the, on the television and we do get uh, Sky News and obviously there's some big Australian story like, you know, like there's a reporter standing on a beach and uh, she's wearing. they always, reporters on beaches, they're always very pretty aren't they? They don't have sort of ugly people. on on beaches and she's sort of typical Australian you know got loads of makeup on I've got a little a little fuchsia type top and uh, over the top of that I've got my little thing with zips on which makes it look slightly bondage which means we're going down the wrong route again so we have to stop that one immediately I'm back to the hundreds and thousands I'm sorry as far as I'm concerned that's that's something to do with bondage this is this is not normal I mean perhaps she's she thinks that we don't know what she's wearing I can tell, though. If it's got more than two zips on, bondage. OK, it's fetish. Fetish. Mind you, I was looking at Angela Merkel the other day. She looks slightly fetish, doesn't she? Most of the loose women look as though they've actually been involved in something like that at some point in their life. 8 for 850. Oh, a lot of uh, wheelchair users use the famous black cabs. All 25,000 can take them, says Lee. Yeah, I just don't see. Um, I don't see people on buses doing that at all. Uh, Steve, having not watched Up Late with Rylan, I couldn't understand why you didn't like his show. Well, I watched five minutes of one of his, uh, one of his shows and, uh, and then, and then realised, you know, why nobody's watching it. You think they're turning off Top Gear. My God, they're turning off Rylan quicker than people are arriving in boats on the shore of this country. The sun rising over Rochester Castle is lovely this morning, says Gucci Tom. Uh, wasn't Slosh the guitarist in Guns and Roses, says Ian. Slash, that was, you fool. Slash. Honestly, I have to tell people everything. I know I am the font of all knowledge. And uh, another one here. Um, dun, dun, dun. Did you see the abandoned Japanese boy? This is uh, Yamoto Tanuka. He's forgiven his father. He's a seven-year-old boy. He says, I forgive you, Daddy. I think so too. His father abandoned him after he was throwing stones at cars. He's quite clearly a ghastly child. And uh, he sort of abandoned him in a place where there were loads of Bears. He's very lucky to have lived. I mean, seriously very lucky to have lived. And then he says, I forgive you, uh, father. Very good, aren't they? Very good. Kids are very, very forgiving. So uh, I think that's nice, actually. Uh, right, what are we going to do now? Actually, splosh could come from the Latin, uh, meaning drain. Yes. Uh, Steve, did you do a big splosh of Prosecco in the huge tumblers? Off for an early morning walk soon to keep up with Noreen and Jan. Uh, I don't do a splosh of prosecco, but I do. Um, I do actually uh, make make sure that it goes in the tumbler. Incidentally, the reason that Australians have to abbreviate their words they don't open their mouths long enough; otherwise, all the flies get in. So they kind of talk like that. You know, it's almost like ventriloquist dummies. In fact, you can have a whole group of Australians standing in a room, and they could be talking, but nobody's lips be moving, all like that. So, I tell you what, State, the Sarvo, we're going to... Do- and you have no idea. Seriously. Anyway, it's uh, 5.30. It's LBC News Time with the latest headlines for you this morning. Rupert Bartia.
0: It's Leading Britain's Conversation, LBC, with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. It's Tuesday, the 7th of June. Uh, you might be on holiday today. You might be sort of looking forward to going on your holiday. You might be sort of coming back from your holiday. You might be back at work. Who is it? A friend of mine, Toby, uh, came back from holiday the other day. He's been to... Uh, I think he went to Ibiza or somewhere like that. Anyways, come back the colour of creosote. You know, really, really nice, nice colour. Me, I just look pale and aneemone. Well, actually, I'm not even pale. You know, when people say you're white, I mean, I'm more pink than anything else. I mean, I'm not sort of... It's, it's, a, it's a kind of a blotchy colour. It's not very attractive at all. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. Uh, steve, they should do the tomato fighting in Spain with the tinned ones. Yes. Victoria got a nice waterfall and a lake as well as a sponge cake and park, says Bob in Spain. (laughs) Uh, Andrew says my mother would be there in Spain with a saucepan trying to catch the tomatoes. Uh, She'd do anything for a bargain. They just seem to then wash them away, don't they? It seems terribly... I don't quite understand it, but it's, it's it's not normal behaviour as far as I'm concerned. You don't start throwing food around. My mother would be absolutely horrified. Throwing food around? Good Lord, what on earth do you think you're doing? We just don't do stuff like that. Food costs money. Food costs money. Uh, Charlie Drake, we think, did a... Uh, what was the other one? Which says, When the weather is fine, you know it's the time for messing about on the river. <laughs> Remember that one? Am I, am I facing the right way this morning? I'm not totally convinced I'm speaking into the microphone. I could be speaking behind I'm never too sure. I get very confused sometimes on this programme, as you can well imagine. It depends on what sort of day I've had and how much sleep I got. And last night, I fell asleep twice in front of the television before i even got to the bedroom. I was having a chat to Paul Cooper and we were talking on Saturday. He had a very busy day and he was rushing around outside the shop and his, and his girlfriend uh Mel the lovely Mel said to me she said oh I hope we go out for a drink tonight I said I don't think he's going to want to go out for a drink I said I think he's going to want to go in and go to sleep and I was not wrong he 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 got in he had he had a curry and then he fell asleep but that was it mind you worse was John John, who's the, who's got the sleep, you know, the mask and the thing and all the rest of it to try and sort of sort out his sort of sleeping problems. Because he, he literally got in. Ten minutes, he thought, I'll have a lie down on the bed. And you know how fatal that can be. He was out till 6.30 the following morning. He slept all the way through, which I think is, is wonderful. Because I know that there's loads of uh, loads of you listening. Uh, at the moment who probably have trouble sleeping and it is a big problem in this country and, and and there's generally reasons for it, it's either because you've had too much to drink or you smoke or you're overweight, any of those uh, thing, three things there could be the one thing that is stopping you from having a good night's sleep and also if you spend all day indoors you need to go and get some air outside, even if you go and sit, you know, on a, on a seat in a park at least you've done something, better than nothing, isn't it? Uh, <coughs> excuse me uh 84850 steve at LBC.co.uk. Uh George. It's called Tomatin. Uh that's where they throw the tomatoes. is there a reason why they throw tomatoes? I mean is is I mean I don't I don't quite understand it's a terrible waste of food. Can't they just it's it's gross, is it? It's Oh right. Tomatoes are gross. Don't, oh, don't you like tomatoes? Oh I love tin tomatoes. Tin chopped tomatoes on toast. Absolutely delicious. Really? Oh, well, you're Australian. What do you know? Uh, loving the show, says Kev. You watch the Real Housewives of Melbourne? They're so horrible. Um, they're all horrible in every one of those programs. Everybody does something at some point that somebody else doesn't like, and that's what makes me laugh. I like that. <laughs> and uh, and somebody says you're you're being racist towards us Australians. Yeah. Well, kind of tough, eh? Kind of tough. we love Australians, as long as they stay over there and don't come over here, (laughs) that's that's the good thing about it, and uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk everything we'll weave in Uh, another one here, somebody else asked me about the uh, the housewives and then like you, I hate holidays holidays are heli days I don't understand why people go on holiday, every day's a holiday as far as I'm concerned, every single day is a holiday, I've, I've never, you know I mean all I have to do Uh, is uh, is just sort of sprinkle some sand outside. And that's that's holiday, as far as I'm concerned. Sally, poor old soul, Sally, honestly. Sally, no mates, I think they say, don't they? And uh, now, nobody to write to either. Uh, D says, uh, another one here, will you ever see the day, because headaches will lead you astray? Uh, I don't get headaches. Remember I told you before, I must be one of the very few people in the entire world... Who never gets headaches. I know some people suffer with headaches really badly. I'm not one of them. I do not get headaches. I don't know why that is. I can't think of any particular reason about, about headaches. Because some people get them and they get migraines, don't they? And that's, that's really bad as well. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. Uh, a lot of people talking about the 24th. And uh, somebody's saying they should uh, do the, uh, the tomato fighting with the tinned ones, which we had before. Anyway, Pete Seeger. Sang messing about on the river. Are you sure, Pete Seeger? No, mess when the weather. I don't think it was Pete Seeger. I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty certain it wasn't. And uh, I've been to Blackpool five times this year, and I'm John Boy, the happy truck driver, really. And you've been to Blackpool. Good Lord, there must be something the matter with you. And Philip in Bournemouth uh, used to have fun with whipped cream. Yes, I'm. I'm quite sure a tin of aerated cream could be equally as fun. We used to love that years ago. Do you remember, I, I remember years ago a friend of mine around, and I thought I'll be, I'll be good. I'll make a trifle, and I didn't know at the time because I didn't quite understand that aerated cream was exactly that. It was aerated, and I squeezed it onto the uh, onto the top of the trifle. So I put down those sponge fingers in the bottom. Then I poured on jelly and fruit, let that set. then I put custard on the top, and then I decided to fill it up with whipped cream. But it was aerated cream, so I went all over the top of this thing, it looked fantastic. And then I sprinkled hundreds and thousands, put it in the fridge, and did dinner and all the rest of it, and then I went, da da piece de resistance, the Steve Allen homemade trifle. Took it out, and all the cream had evaporated because it's aerated cream so it's just full of air and it just, and there was just the, the top of it was this sort of disgusting mess which looked like a puddle with hundreds and thousands which had melted into it as well it was ghastly messing about on the river uh Danny Kyle Danny Kyle 1962 written by believe it or not Tony Hatch and Les Reed wow can you can you put the, the lyrics up there because i just wanted to see what what the lyrics are if it's the same if it's the same lyrics messing about on the river lyrics. Okay, let's find the lyrics. Because it it might not be the uh, the same one. Here we go. Oh, it is. When the weather is fine, you know it's the time for messing about on the river. If you take my advice, there's nothing so nice as messing about on the river. There's big boats and wee boats and all kind of craft, puffers and keelboats and some with no raft. With the wind in your face, there's no finer place than messing about on the river. There's another three verses of that, which I didn't think I'd uh, give you this morning. But that was written by Tony Hatch and Les Reed. Let's read. You used to have an orchestra, and uh, perhaps that's why. It's very good, actually. Very good stuff. The, the education on this programme, it's uncanny. I'm learning things myself today. I really am. Steve, I'm 61, and I've never had a headache in my entire life. Uh, now is the time to send us a line for your host season's boating brochure. <laughs> host, we used to have... when well, I used to live in Staines, which was on the river. I still live on the River Thames. I'm strangely, as I'm Piscean, and uh, um, I, I sort of, I'm drawn to water. Drawn to it like baths and showers, but also the River Thames, and and I love it. And in Staines, used to there's, there's a pub right on Staines Bridge. Well, by the side of it's not actually on the bridge; mean no room to get cars over. And so and boats used to pull in with people, and they'd sort of have something to eat at the pub, and then they'd get back on their boat and they'd poodle off up the river. And they were all uh, canal boats. And the one giveaway was the fact they had a blue plaque on the back going host Seasons Holidays" because people try and pretend. You know when they've got a boat on the river, they try and pretend it's their own. They get, you know, whereas in fact most people don't have boats on the river. A lot of people do, but it's actually better, you know, if you don't have one and you just go and rent one for the day, and then you can you can pretend to be terribly rich for uh, for a few hours. And it's always a nice thing. But we used to laugh. We used to sit there, you know, watching all these people pulling in on their uh, on their boats, pretending it was their own. <laughs> I don't know why the producer makes me laugh, seriously. I'm not sure if it's with pity or not. <laughs> Difficult to tell this morning. Uh, Splosh was the sound made, says Gom, when you chucked a stone or rock into water. Splosh. And then you get the the rings that, you know, move outwards. We used to skim stones. you ever do skimming stones? You know, where you make it bounce over the water. You did that, did you? Yeah. I was better than you are, yeah. I, th- I like that actually. I thought that was quite a good thing. As kids, we were easily pleased. Give us a bunch of stones, we could keep ourselves amused for hours, couldn't we? And then you go tiddling. Did you go tiddling? No, just me again. With my little net. I try and to try and land a tiddler. That was always good fun, wasn't it? Did you used to lift up rocks and see what was underneath? Did you go crabbing? There we go crabbing. That was one of the things in the paper the other day, ladies and gentlemen. They were saying the things that, that you missed from your childhood are all the things that you'd like to do now. But if, you, if you're lucky enough to have kids, you know you can derive great pleasure out of watching them going tiddling. and tit- Well, tiddlering, um, which is where you get a little net and you try and catch little fish. And you look at them and you think, I'll put it back in again. It's not really worth it. The time you put batter on it, you're never going to see it, are you? So uh, they would go back in and we'd lift up, you know, rocks on the beach to try and find crabs underneath. I remember being quite brave and picking up a crab. There's a way of picking one up so it doesn't take your fingers off because some of them are terrible. They really are. So uh, I like that. Margate's lovely. Margate. Even on grey days. But actually that's like Bournemouth. Isn't it like any of our seaside resorts around the country? I mean even Lord help us. End can look nice and attractive. And uh, all these places have got piers. That's nice. Frinton is nice. I want to go to all these places. I think it's, I think it's absolutely wonderful. I think it's great. I think we have a, a lovely Country. It looks better in the sunshine. Not in the sunshine, off to just doing a bit of work. Steve, this is uh, this is Dan. Uh, unusual for me these days doing the District Line loop, Earl's Court to Olympia. I think it's going to be a long day. I don't know how anybody actually manages. Oh, sorry, anybody actually manages um, to um, to survive on the tube. It's so hot. Why can't they put air conditioning on the tube? It's, I mean, it's so hot. I sometimes have to stand by the window at the back of the carriage, pull the window down, and then you get all the bits and th- But I don't really care. That's the kind of thing that makes me feel a bit, uh, a bit better. I don't, I don't like it when people sort of crowd in on top of you. I don't, don't like that kind of thing at all. Uh, Carol says Jamie Oliver uses the word splosh all the time. Makes perfect sense. And Jeff says, uh, great show this morning. Using uh, Tom Feed on geraniums for the first time. Actually, to be honest with you, I wouldn't use it on geraniums. Geraniums do very well by themselves. You can practically parch them and they will still do well. But, I mean, it's, al- it's always, you know, always doing. I didn't see can't pay, will take it away. Ziggy. The uh, the POM says, uh, I hope Steve Allen isn't watching this, because you know that I I watched him before I got myself into a, into a dreadful tizzy. But that's all right. I like things like that. I'm very good at that. Um, Could you please sing the Marilyn Boop-de-boop song again, because it made me laugh. That was where she, she was doing uh, I Want to Be Loved by You. Do you remember? I want to be loved by you alone. Boo booby doo. It was the boo booby doo bit that kind of got everybody going. There was something funny about boo booby doo. It sounds even dafter when I do it, I realise. But, uh, you know, what do what you expect at quarter to six in the morning?
0: Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84850. Morning, everybody.
1: Twelve minutes to uh, six. Uh, Michael says, I think you'll find the song was sung by Josh McCrae, this Messing About on the River, a Scottish folk singer. I remember the song being sung on Junior Choice, along with another favourite of mine, Sparky's Magic Piano. Oh, I used to love that. Hello, Sparky. <laughs> Shall I play a tune for you? Sparky's... Ma- the piano that spoke. My God, honestly. I'm sure there was, a, there was a record out about Sparky. I don't know how many, actually, uh, uh, things there were, actually, about how many... Uh, of them, how many different versions of Sparky's Magic Piano, I cannot remember at all. Uh, John says for a treat, two slices of fried bread one with tinned tomatoes and the other with a well cooked fried egg, then some mush oh stop it, don't go there it's this, it's this painful decision not to have fried bread <laughs> uh, Dean says I used to go up to Clapham Common with a jam jar and a little net on a long stick do you remember the jam jar? You'd ask your mum, you've got a jam jar so you could put your tiddlers in it And then you'd sort of fish, or felling that, you'd get um, tadpoles. And then you'd watch them changing into little frogs. That was always quite sweet. Whatever happened to them, I cannot remember. Uh, Steve, I've just seen that Mr Kipling has crossed out the name Victoria and replaced it with Elizabeth on the sponge. So it's Elizabeth sponge, is it? Is there actually such a thing as an Elizabeth sponge? Stephen Whitstable thinks it's uh, Josh McCray singing, messing about on the river. And uh, you're right about lovely uh, London. Says Brian, I've been exploring Turnham Green. Delightful. Great shops and coffee. Yes, I mean, I can, I can well imagine, actually. Well imagine. There's some lovely... Do you know, around the country, there are some beautiful places to go to, really. Uh, let me quickly have a look at The uh, Sun this morning. Uh, they've got various stories, most, most of which are in court, so I can't talk about it at all. Uh, the Queen has uh, revealed that her, her favourite song of all time is the ukulele king George Formby. That'll please a few of my listeners this morning. And uh, she knows all the words of When I'm Cleaning Windows, which actually was censured by the BBC way back in the 1940s for being too rude, too rude. And um, so it's, you know, I love that. When I'm cleaning windows. And then I think, you should see what I should see when I'm cleaning windows. And it was sort of somebody being a peeping Thomas so uh, so that was there. The eight boys' mum, Joy, she's not going to be uh, prosecuted over her three-year-old son's fall into a zoo's gorilla enclosure. I was a bit daft, actually. You can't watch kids all the time. If they want to do something, they'll do it. She can't be held responsible unless she's got him on a piece of elastic that can make him bounce back again. Uh, also, the, uh, the bargain uh, store stab killer gets life in jail. This is a knifeman who killed a dad of two shopping in Poundland. He was a schizophrenic. Trevor Joyce, who ripped a blade from its packet before stabbing Justin uh, Skrubovsky. Uh, Justin was buying balloons for his three-year-old twins, bled to death in Abingdon in uh, Oxford. I mean, there's obviously no backup is there whatsoever from the NHS for these paranoid schizophrenics who are, who are out there and just, just you know, can get away with these things. And it's, you know, a family has now been utterly destroyed. Utterly destroyed. Uh, the paedophile who was given the 22 life sentences... And uh, yesterday, one of his victim's friends yelled, "A 1,000 deaths is too good for you. Well, I have to be honest, his parents actually uh, gave him up to the police. Uh, There's also the story about Muhammad Ali. How much money is he going to leave? We don't know. He's paying out, they think, 45,000 a month in alimony for nine children. Uh, There's also, I quite like the story of the con man, uh, a tycoon. He left neighbours staring at a huge hole in the ground for eight years after he was jailed whilst building a mega basement. Uh, Fraudster. Uh, Achilles Kalakis had planned it to be four stories deep with a pool and a cinema, but the work stopped in 2008 when he got seven years for fraud, and uh, the home in Kensington was seized, sold for 28 million to an owner said to be based in Dubai. When it's finished, uh, it could be worth 50 million, but locals said no work's being done. As usual, people from abroad buy it and then it just sits there and it doesn't do anything at all, which is not uh, not so great. Uh, Also, the the Mediterranean diet, no fat risk. And this is a low-cal version. Uh, They say a Mediterranean diet high in healthy fats like olive oil is better for shedding flab than a low-fat regime. But remember, if you're going to do any diet and you're going to try and lose weight, and there is uh, one here with, you know, you can get a six-pack for the summer. And they will show you somebody who's been working at it for years. And we're supposed to be terribly impressed And uh, this is a celebrity fitness trainer. Don't you just hate celebrity fitness trainers? Why can't they just be fitness trainers? No, they have to be celebrity fitness trainers. You all sort of think to yourself, so who have you been training? And I'm trying to go through here and find out. Oh, right. He's trained Alexander Armstrong and Alex James, neither of whom are known for their exceptional bodies, are they? They might be good at what they do in their field, but never actually known for their exceptional bodies, because that's what we all want. That's what we all want. We want to have the perfect body. But uh, we never seem to get it, which is always disappointing. Even though you will sweat and scrimp and save and then you're going to be having all the diets coming out very very shortly and you'll try them and not one of them will work for you because the people who've made the diets are generally third-rate celebrities z-listers and they make them with the help of a trainer all they have to do is film the thing and then they go look this is what you can look like and of course that's not true at all uh the puppy farmer here she is a disgusting piece of work called grace banks she's a former escort girl for that read prostitute she made half a million pounds from puppy farming, has now been ordered to pay back less than 9,000. Grace Banks sold sick pups to unsuspecting families for up to £600. She used six aliases but was tracked down after angry victims described the Mercedes driver's preened eyebrows and pouting lips. In other words, an ugly as well. Yesterday, a proceeds of crime hearing at Manchester was told that only 8,786 has so far been identified as recoverable Oh, for goodness sake, are we pathetic or are we pathetic? She was jailed for nine months for animal cruelty and fraud. She admitted 835 offences. Peter Jones from Gorton and Julian King from nearby Hyde were also jailed. They made 1.1 million total, but were ordered to repay only 19,000 that was recoverable i have had the shirts off their back, I'm afraid. I'm sick to death of these filthy, disgusting people who do puppy farming and uh, pass on sick animals to people. We've seen them done on the television. They always plead innocence, but we all know what sort of people they are. Uh, There was uh, another story. Oh, Brian, um, Brian Blessed is doing a story about the Queen explaining the F word to him as only he can. It's a story that he's told on television before. Uh, Amber, luckily, we've moved the Johnny Depp story to page 21 now. Nobody's particularly interested anymore. He's not been charged with anything at all. Uh, Somebody says that he was on a private plane and he boozed and uh, she cowered in the loo. So they say. As I say, we don't know where the evidence is. We're not too sure about it. And guess who's coming back to casualty? Yes, believe it or not, returning from the other side of the world, sister Lisa Duffin, better known as Duffy. She's going to make a cameo appearance in the 1,000th episode before returning for good in August. So that'll be nice, won't it, for all those people who enjoyed that Uh, you'll be enjoying even more of her. I've never seen Casualty. I've only watched little tiny bits of it. I was never that bothered, actually. I don't do hospital dramas. I find them slightly slightly tedious. Slightly tedious. They're, They're just sort of a little bit... I don't know, just... It is dull. I don't want to say anything about medical things. Josh McCray, not the great uh, Pete Seeger. No, I knew it wasn't Pete Seeger. Uh, those of us, says Vivian, who grew up in the 60s, listening to Junior Choice and before that, children's favourites with Uncle Mac. Did, didn't Uncle Mac get fired because he was drunk, didn't he? Didn't he eventually say, uh, he, he sort of forgot to turn the mic off and said, uh, after introducing a record, that'll keep the little blighters happy. And uh, says, I had to get out of bed listening to your programme to do this email as I found myself shouting at the radio with the right answer. That's how sad I am. So Viv is blind. She's on the sunny Isle of Wight. I was looking the other day at uh, Country Life and they've got a feature on Guernsey. And that looks quite nice. They've, they've apparently nearly got zero crime, which I, which I quite liked, actually. I, I'm with you as well. I adore tin tomatoes on toast and I can eat cherry or plums like strawberries. And I, too, don't suffer with headaches. But at least you enjoy the programme, so that's all it's about, isn't it, really? As long as you listen to the programme, it's great. We found a letter to Father Christmas. This one dated 1925. They were knocking down a house's chimney, and they discovered a 91-year-old letter to Father asking for hankies. The child's note, dated 1925, also asked Daddy Christmas for soldiers, a boat, a book, and chocolate, and it's signed E short. Emily Nash who was having work done on her house in Eastbourne, says it's amazing it stayed in the chimney that long and wasn't damaged. She said she'd checked the census for that year to try and trace the writer or their family and had no joy. So hopefully somebody will read this in the paper and go, that was me! That was me! I wrote that letter way back in 1925 to find out if Father Christmas could deliver the presents that I wanted. I think that's quite cute, isn't it? I'm not sure about the killer whale story, with the the killer, they say, that sort of just got fed up and sort of beached itself on the thing. I think occasionally they probably like to get out of water. I don't know. I'm only guessing that because I know nothing about killer whales. However, I do know about thieves. And in this particular case, a man trying to steal a car wheel was found screaming in agony when the vehicle crushed his fingers. What a shame. What a shame. The 33-year-old's hand was trapped for 45 minutes between the tyre and the wheel arch after his jack failed. He was freed by a fire crew in Tooting, taken to hospital for his severe hand injuries. Shame. Shame. Amanda Taylor Purchase, who was woken at 2.30am, says, ''I could hear somebody screaming for help. I saw a man lying under a car in agony. I called the police right away.'' Oh, I'd have left him. I'd have left him there. ''I'm sorry, you start thieving things, matey. You get justice from above.'' And the good look, there were two people acting very suspiciously just on the, uh, on the road out of uh, Richmond this morning. What they were doing, God alone knows, but they looked dodgy. Anybody who walks around with, um, with a hoodie on at that time of the morning, you know, quarter past two, 20 past two, they're up to no good. Perhaps they were trying to steal wheels as well. We've had that before where people have gone out with a jack and they jack up somebody's car and then just take the wheels off. And I think it's happened to a few classy cars around sort of Knightsbridge and places like that. Seems a bit nasty, doesn't it, really? But anyway, as I say, the wheel thief caught by the car, but they took him to hospital. Shame. Shouldn't have done, really. It should have just left him screaming in agony. You know, thieving somebody's wheels. It couldn't have happened to a nicer person, could it? Coming up very shortly, the news at 6 o'clock. This morning, it's Tuesday, the 7th of June. Strip him of his knighthood. Philip Green labelled little better than a crook. Revealed Ali's final resting place. This is for Friday. There's going to be various services being held. Episode 2 of Top Gear loses a third of the audience. Uh, The coffee date in Prisoner for the lesbian killers of little Liam. The former escort who made the money out of puppy farming only has to pay back 9000 Perhaps we'll just leave her in prison instead, actually. Banksy's gift is a very classy act, could be worth a fortune. Uh, Mamma Mia, Abba, back together after 30 years. And I'm so sorry, says the Tory MP, and his alleged affair with a blonde aide, especially as he got his seat based on, you know, family values. Sounds a bit hypocritical, doesn't it?
0: Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning everybody, it's Tuesday the 7th of
1: June. I think it's going to be a nice day today, actually. I think we're going to have a little bit of shower later on, but I mean, at the moment it's, it's sort of hazy, sort of sunshine. It looks glorious, actually. It looks glorious. Uh, the Ramadan fast. This is the longest in 30 years. I don't know how people get through it. I really don't. I'd be cheating, I'm afraid, all over the place. Uh, Philip Green, labelled little better than a crook. Strip him of his knighthood, says one MP. Uh, Banksy's gift, a very classy act. I'm very sorry, says the Tory MP, in this alleged affair with a blonde aide. His wife of 30 years says she's standing by him. But he did get in on, you know, saying about family values. doesn't quite seem right, does it? Uh, Ali, Muhammad Ali's £44,000 a month guilt cash to family, and the real reason why a bigger wine glass makes you drink more. Ooh, goodness sake. And Prince Harry allegedly told somebody he wants to go on take me out. I'm getting a bit uh, bored, I'm afraid, with Prince Harry turning up. It's just photo opportunities. They send him to a gym. Uh, Boxer, uh, Mr Khan, says that uh, daughter's second birthday, he spent £100,000 on it. Of course, had he not had the fight in Vegas, he probably couldn't have afforded anything at all like that. And it would have been sort of ten little friends in a McDonald's, but he had 250 friends. And uh, they all made use of a carousel and everything else. But, I mean, that's his business. If that's what he wants to spend his money on, it's great. But don't flaunt it to people. Makes you look silly makes you look very silly uh today would have been the birthday of prince had he lived and uh, spread the word it's britain's first butter boutique a butter have you ever heard of such a thing no me neither and uh, as i said earlier on i know dave's listening because his brother works at uh, at the station down at uh, waterloo and my thanks as well to uh oscar king uh that's a pen name for, uh, for the man who writes books. He's over in Dubai, listens to this programme all the time as he's driving, and apparently they've got horrendous traffic in Dubai. I didn't realise, I just thought it would be fairly empty, but I imagine if you're sitting in that heat, uh, then you'd have to make sure that air conditioning was a must. He's a former uh, Special Forces member, and uh, this is this is very interesting, this book. It's called. This is the first Harry Lindley adventure. It's called Persian Roulette, and uh, he very kindly sent them all the way back to this country. For me, because we have a mutual friend in uh, in Graham. He says, uh, I hope you win uh, many more awards. Well, I think one's quite enough for anybody's life, eh? One's quite enough for anybody's life. But thank you very much indeed for the, uh, for the books. I shall enjoy those at my leisure. Nice to know... Actually, I'm, I'm not daft enough to think that I didn't know that there were people listening in Dubai. Because uh, a friend of mine is out in Dubai. He's, uh, he's a real estate agent. And uh, he's out there as well. Uh, doing very well. And so I know we get a lot of expats out there who absolutely uh, love living out there. I mean, I couldn't; the heat would just do me in completely. Uh, Steve uh, messing about on the river was uh, somebody called Sugarlug. I don't know actually. I mean, there's so many different people who seem to record it. Uh, David has been living in New Zealand for seven years. He says lovely country, but it doesn't compare to the UK, especially in the summer. I always listen to LBC, which is another reason to come back. Uh, the Voice was uh, for Sparky's Magic Piano, says Malcolm, was created by whispering into the low notes of a harmonica. Uh, Give it a try. Yes, I mean, I used to love that, actually. I really used to love it. Uh, Sparky's Magic Piano is one of those things. And also, She'll Be Coming Round the Mountain. I don't know why that would be a song that would stick in your memory. Uh, Mike says, I had a headache every day for four years. Then I got divorced and the headache went away. (laughs) Very cruel, very cruel, but it doesn't matter. And, uh uh, somebody says, uh, talking about air conditioning on the tube, I read yesterday, all new Routemaster buses are being adapted so the windows can open. They should all be done by September. You have to ask yourself, who the hell passed the design in the first place? Temperatures have reached 30 degrees. What it's like on the on the train, on some of the trains. I mean, they do put the air conditioning on. I've sat on the buses, though, in this weather, where the heating's been on. I swear to God, the heating's on. It's terrible. Terrible. Uh, I couldn't sleep last night. I came across images online of the uh, Yulin Dog Festival which is going ahead this year. Yes, it's... Uh, I think it's gone ahead, isn't it, really? Um, and there is a an online petition to ban it. This is the one in China. It's uh, it's a dog meat fest. That's all it is, actually. Dave says, I'm very jealous of the man who says he's never had a headache. As I get two headaches a week, I get my eyes checked regularly, my blood pressure is fine, so I've got no idea where I get them. Well, I don't get headaches either. I don't get headaches either. And... Um, <laughs> so. Ray says, I saw the programme about the town that throws the tomatoes. I didn't see it when it first aired. I caught it on ketchup. I caught it. If if it's an original joke, it's very good and you should patent it because it's a a very good one. And uh, Steve, I've been listening to you for two years nearly. (laughs) Amateur. Amateur. And uh, I've just seen sunrises. Over the tram sheds in Pearly Way. <laughs> oh, God. I can imagine what the rest of that message uh, was was uh, talking about before it was deleted. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, Another one here. Quickly, let's try and get as many in as possible before we finish. It's only ten past six, just in case you were worried about uh, the way the time was going. Uh, the Wheel's Thief. Thank God he got stuck, says Faisal. I wish he was left there all night. Four wheels were stolen off my GTI Golf on London Road in Carl Scholten and left on the ground. But obviously people can manage it, can't they? I mean, these two 'er ne'er-do-wells. I saw him in Richmond this morning. I could just tell that they were up to no good. You know, somebody's out at that time of the morning. I know. You know, you you just get a rough idea. Rough idea. So, uh, I mean, nobody's ever taken mine off because I think they've got locks on as well. But if, if people see wheels and they're worth a lot of money... You know, some mine are worth 300 quid a piece. So I'd be I'd be gutted. Luckily, the alarms would go off, and there's enough movement around uh, our area to make sure that nobody could ever get away with that. And then, of course, they have to actually get them away, and they weigh a ton, an absolute ton. Uh, other stories: the front page of the Mirror today is looking at the British granny killed by the shark. She went. She was about a mile and a half offshore. As far as I'm concerned, you might as well have just dropped yourself in the ocean. You know, in a place where shark attacks are are known, they're recorded. And uh, she was scuba diving. That would frighten the life out of me. I mean, that would absolutely frighten the life out of me. It frightens me, even looking at the story. And exclusive as well, the the plot in Louisville, chosen by the family to be the last resting place for Muhammad Ali. And I assume they've got something uh, really nice to go on there. I wonder what would go on his headstone. I wonder what would go on his headstone. I've got no idea. Uh, The Queen's greatest hits. Uh, She likes uh, Sing... Gary Barlow and the Military uh, Wives and the Commonwealth Band, Whitecliffs of Dover, Vera Lynn, Cheek to Cheek, Fred Astaire, Leaning on a Lamp Post by George Formby, she likes George Formby quite a lot, actually, The Lord is My Shepherd, The Regimental March, uh, Milanolo, Praise My Soul, The King of Heaven, which is a great, uh, great hymn, and Oklahoma, how It heals. plus Anything You Can Do, with Dolores Gray and Bill Johnson singing from Annie Get Your Gun. That's one. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. So it goes on. I don't want to go through the whole thing. Uh, Prince Evans. Prince Evans? Chris Evans. <laughs> renamed a poor boy. Uh, the audience falls to 2.8 million. It's going to drop off the scale, this one. Uh, Ditch Chris, says uh, one of the reviewers. And write LeBlanc a cheque. Um, I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what they're saying. I mean, it's only the second showing. He's been accused of putting off viewers by shouting. Claimed the show is pulling in 9 million viewers. No, it's nowhere near 9 million. Absolutely nothing at all. Overnight television figures have never been less relevant, he tweeted. The way Top Gear is being viewed is repositioning the way television is consumed. Last week, 9 million viewers. This week, we shall see. It's, it's just not true. It's just not true. It's, uh, it's dropping off. It's dropping off completely. He says tonight I get even more shouty. There were calls on Twitter for him to be replaced by Jensen Button, uh, saying that the Formula One driver had better ban- banter. I, mean, I suppose eventually somebody will sort of say, "Well, listen, we sort of put him on this uh, on this programme, and it didn't it didn't work. There's no reason why it has to work, does it? I mean, some of his programmes do, some of them don't. Uh, Britain's Got Talent has es- escaped an Ofcom investigation." Uh, after racy outfits worn by Amanda Holden and Alicia Dixon, can you believe that nineteen people complained? I mean, where are these people coming from? And they complained that the uh, the uh, jumpsuit worn by Alicia Dixon and Amanda Holden's dress both had plunging fronts for the semi live. Oh, for goodness sake, grow up! For goodness sake, who are these daft people who complain? Dear Ofcom, I've just seen people exposing their bosoms on the television. It's not appropriate. Well, you better come into the real world. Ofcom says we won't be taking the matter forward for investigation. Uh, The dresses didn't raise issues under our rules on nudity and the judges were not portrayed in a sexualised way. Last year's final, 89 sad people complained about the gowns. 89... Really pathetic people. It's hilarious, isn't it? Complaining about what's worn on the television. Perhaps they've got no friends. Perhaps they need to write to somebody. But this year it was only 19, so perhaps some of the 89 from last year came back again, thinking it's the last time they got a letter, so they better try it again. Countdown did breach the rules. They got complaints about uh, Nick Hewer, talked about the benefits of attending the Ideal Home Show, and Mark Foster spoke about his role as an ambassador with p Cruises. That, um... So they both uh, they both got uh, wrapped on the knuckles over that, but they wouldn't be investigating this morning over a light hearted segment on the availability of different sex toys. So makes my uh, makes my talk of covering myself in chocolate and being rolled about in hundreds and thousands and chocolate vermicelli look fairly tame this morning, ladies and gentlemen. So I will just tell you the time. It's LBC news time. It's six fifteen. The latest headlines for you this morning, Rupert Bartia. It's Eve Allen on LBC. <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? There's a, a shirt which is coming up for auction. If you're a football fan, this might be the one that you want to bid for. It's uh, This is the one worn by Sir Geoff Hurst when he became the first and only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final. Uh, this long sleeve jersey from the 1966 final will go on display at Sotheby's in London ahead of the sale on July the 12th. They reckon it could fetch... Half a million pounds, 500000 But good Lord, who's selling that? That'd be an interesting one. Uh, £500,000. I am second thoughts, maybe I won't be collecting that. Also, the investigation into large-scale child sexual exploitation in Rotherham now involves 29 designated suspects and up to 1,600 1, more potential suspects. The National Crime Agency said investigators have contacted 82 victims since it was brought in in after a report in 2014 detailing how 1,400 children had been raped and trafficked over 16 years by largely Asian gangs in the South Yorkshire town. The NCA added that the 82 are only about 5% of total possible victims. They said 91 serious sexual offences have so far been identified. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, over in uh, Mallorca, Sandra is on holiday uh, with seven girls. I wonder what the weather's like in Mallorca at the moment. What if Siri wouldn't... Oh, I'll do that later. I've done all these things with Siri before. Uh, I didn't uh, find out anything, Phil, about Muhammad Ali's funeral. I I, we didn't find out. We were trying to find out yesterday, uh, as, uh, as he'd converted, uh, whether or not there was some sort of different... Um, burial procedure, and uh, I haven't, uh, haven't discovered anything at all, actually. Uh, Wendy says, don't mention sleep again. I've just spent a ghastly night scrunched up on the sofa, having abandoned the bedroom because a huge spider had ensconced itself in the middle of the ceiling. Don't these monsters only come out in September? Yes. It's when it's there and you can't take your eyes off it, doesn't it? You of think, oh, it could drop. It could drop. Nothing you can do about it. I, I also find it quite uh, quite frightening too. So uh, I'm I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one, uh, Steve. Uh, how about yes? A lot of people are suggesting different things for Ali's headstone. I just think it, it will just have his name on there. I think that's all it will be. It'll be a plain black granite headstone with his name, Muhammad Ali, and the and the dates, and that's it. That's it. I mean, I I don't uh, I I can't see them doing anything else on that. I I don't think so. Adrian used to have Sparky as a long play record. And somebody telling me about... uh, There is air conditioning, apparently. There is air conditioning. uh, And it's on some of the trains. And I can't remember which which trains it was on. I remember sort of... Wait a minute, see if I can find it uh, very quickly for you. Because I'd I'd like to know uh, where are these... Oh, that's right. Jem was telling me that uh, London Underground have Aircon on the new S-stock trains on the Circle line. So, right... I'd, Overground as well have some, have air conditioning, do they? It's, always, it's never that cold, is it? I like really ice cold air conditioning. I know I've, I've spoken to friends of mine in the business, and they, they cannot work in cold studios. They can only work in warm studios, and warm studios just send me to sleep. Seriously, I'm, I'm just absolutely terrible. Uh, Kanye's surprise gig ends in chaos. I think uh, the rapper calls the New York mayor amid fears for the crowd. I think they were, I think, over 4,000 people turned up for this thing. It should have been 1,500, but uh, 4,000 people. It took hours, two hours for the mayhem to clear. Not so great. Not so great. Uh, also, Adele got the thumbs up from Sporty and Ginger when she sang Spice Up Your Life in the Netherlands. Uh, Mel C says Adele having a Spice Girls moment. But still, um, the jury is out on whether or not uh, the Spice Girls will actually get back t- together and do something for their 20th. Quite clearly, uh, something's not going right, is it? Something is not well in the camp, because Victoria said she doesn't want anything to do with it. There must be a reason for it. Why would she not want to go back and do something? Was it not fun? Always appeared to be a lot of fun, and it was girl power and all that kind of thing. But I suppose it then sort of highlights the inabilities that they've got now to sing, because we're years later. Although we're told they have been back in the studio, not all of them. They're down to a threesome. So what are they going to sound like? Probably fairly feeble without Victoria's voice and, and and Mel C's voice, who was very good. She was the best one who had a voice on there. I mean, I wouldn't be interested in buying a ticket to see the Spice Girls. I re- but there again, I'm not interested in any of these revivals, apart from uh, ABBA. I'd probably buy a ticket to go and see ABBA, just for nostalgic reasons. But I don't think I'd want to, to go and see anybody else. I can't think of any groups. Unless somebody managed to miraculously reform the Beatles. In which case, I'd be the first one there buying a ticket for probably a huge amount of money. Uh, oh, ten messages coming on this one. I've completely forgotten about these ones. Uh, a lot of people talking about um, about cycling. Uh, not just in London, but all over the place, and just how dangerous it is—it's absolutely terrible, uh, absolutely terrible. Somebody was telling me, uh, "Ketchup is ketchup in New Zealand." Strange vowels—they have ketchup on their fush and chups. Fush <laughs> and chips—I don't think do you have. You have fish and chips, don't you? In Australia, I can't remember where they had fish and chips in Australia. Oh, you have fish and chips. All right, is it like ours? Is it like our sort of fish and chips with batter on it, or is it? You don't do mushy peas, okay? Do you do curry sauce? Yeah, places do. Chavy places probably would do sort of curry sauce. Is there a chavy area of Australia? You know, we're all sort of. You call them bogan's. Oh right, that's that sort of our equivalent of of chav, is it? Bogan's. What, what does that mean? Tattooed people and things like that. Tattooed. Sorry. Olets. What's that? Oh, long at the back. Oh, mullets. Sorry, honestly, his, his pronunciation is dreadful, really. I have to get an interpreter in for this one. Mullets. I've seen those. They used to be the Jerry Springer show, and they bring people on from certain parts of uh, of America. And they had mullets. They looked bad back in those days. They looked terrible. Oh, ghastly things. And you still have them in Australia, dear. Wow. Certain certain people, obviously, the Bogans have them. That's it. Oh, right. Oh, lovely. There you go. You see, we've lived and learned, haven't we, today, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, hugs at the greatest pop reunion ever. But can you guess who? It wasn't Waterloo, but it was ABBA, and a uh, little bit older, a little bit wiser. Still, with I thought they'd have made more than a hundred million. The writers, I would have thought, hundred million each, ninety for one hundred million for the other. They must have shifted barrel loads of stuff around the world. But anyway, at least that's, uh, at least they are back together. Whether they tour, I don't know. As I say, I'd pay to go and see them. Uh, Assistant to uh, MP Steve Double is Sarah Bunt. And they say that he had a tryst with her. It's one of my favourite words. I love tryst. The word tryst is a a nice word. And uh, anyway, his his wife's going to stay with him. He says, I'm very sorry. Um, And to be honest with you, it, it just seemed rather odd. Seeing as he actually got in on doing family values and somebody who you thought would be upholding this. The wife looks as though she's, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> can't really compare the wife with her glasses on and her sensible haircut to the uh, to the blonde Sarah Bunt. They're, they're poles apart. And obviously Sarah Bunt quite likes Steve Double, although he used to be a pastor. We're getting more and more stories about uh, pastors. Uh, the big... Um, The big story that they're running with in the Daily Mail today is the true cost of the free movement rules. The criminals on our streets we can't get rid of. Uh, We've got everything from murderers to rapists to uh, cocaine smugglers, uh, a rapist convicted of drink driving, a gang who beat up a Marine. We're stuck with these people because apparently they have the right to family life. Unfortunately, the people that they murdered had no right at all to family life. That's quite clearly why the courts decided against them. Uh, And chaos as rail staffs take 1,200 sickies in a month. Conductors on southern rail trains, I don't know where they go to, are pulling 1,200 sickies a month, causing misery. 83 trains a day are being cancelled due to sickness, according to the firms. This compares with less than five a day before the conductors held the first of several strikes over their onboard duties. What are on-board duties? Don't they just go, welcome aboard this train to wherever it's going to. Uh, you can find me at the station. I'll be in the middle of this eight-carriage train. And that's all they say. They don't give you running commentary or tell you jokes or anything like that. Perhaps I'm expecting too much from people on the railways. I'd be like that. Morning. Hello. How are we all? Anyway, as we trot off on our little journey to Reading this morning. Many of you will be going for work. Some of you will be going for shopping. I'll tell you now, it's rubbish. There's hardly anything worth buying in Reading. You'd be better off getting off at the next station and going back home again. I'd be doing that every morning. I could have a field day. Of course, I'd be be out of the job (laughs) very quickly, I should imagine. Wouldn't want somebody like that, would they? Um, incidentally, incidentally, Steve, just pointing out the, uh, the obvious to you, it would be better if you presented Top Gear. Um... Well, I, well, yes. There's <laughs> no answer to that, is there, really? I don't, I don't, I don't think I could actually do that because I don't know really enough about cars. I just know that you get them washed every so often and you put petrol in one end and air in the tyres and that's as far as I go. I can't do anything else. I'm absolutely useless. Listen, thank you so much for your uh, company today. Very grateful. It's always nice to, uh, to welcome you to the Spike at 4am till 6.30. I don't care if you're in Dubai. I don't mind uh, where you are. You're all welcome to the programme. Thank you for your texts and emails. We'll do it again tomorrow morning. I've got got Fern uh, Britain coming in tomorrow. You wait. We've got some questions to ask her about the old man, Phil Vickery. Oh, yes, we have. (laughs) As indeed, I'm sure she has at the same time. So we'll talk to her. Also, how uh, cycling got rid of her depression. So that'll be one which I'm sure everybody will be hanging on. So we'll have a chat to her tomorrow for In Conversation, hopefully for this weekend. But uh, we've got a few other things up our sleeves as well. Have a nice day. Enjoy the weather. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. You download this free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment. You can follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show. Leading Britain's conversation at 7, Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Coming up next, Lisa Aziz with the morning news. LBC.